0: a musical podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to talk about the musicals he really should have seen by now and then we talk about them.
1: I am the fiancé.
0: Are you whispering?
1: I don't know, I've started noticing that each week uh, I, I say that that in a different way.
0: Okay, so and this I just, week you went for
1: whispering. I thought I'd whisper it.
0: Cool. We, this week, are watching Dear Evan Hansen, the movie musical.
1: Yes, so it actually has uh, reopened on the West End, as of last night. It was its grand reopening. We are unfortunately not going to see that. We are going to see the much maligned film version. Now, I feel like we need to talk about the issue with Ben Platt, the elephant in the room. Sure. Because I am all for the original casts of these shows being Brought in some capacity to these film versions. Now, mm-hmm. it's like Rent. The issue I had with Rent, I think the characters were much more unlikable, and that's because the actors were older. Therefore, it felt like I was watching people in their thirties complain, mm-hmm. which misses the point. And I think just from watching the trailers alone, the fact that Ben Platt looks closer in age to his mother, which is Amy Adams. Than the teenagers that
0: his mother is not Amy Adams. Oh, but... is
1: it? oh Connor's mother
0: mm.
1: looks closer in age to Amy Adams than he does the teenagers that he is playing against. Yeah, is an issue. Now, I know that this was the Tony-winning musical of its time. That has come up as a big like uh, point of contention recently with the success of the pro-shot of Come From Away. Everyone is saying, come from away, should have won the Tonys, not dear Evan Hansen. Obviously, Ben Platt had a huge level of acclaim in this role. Mm-hmm. Should he be playing it in his 30s? That's
0: well, the question
1: we're going to find out today. I
0: have a wonderful quote for you on the subject from our director, Stephen Schbosky, who said that the film's main goal was to capture and immortalise Ben Platt's performance as Evan, saying that his understanding of the character is so complete and so profound that they couldn't imagine anybody else playing it. It's his part. They felt very strongly about it. And to Stephen Chbosky, there was never even a consideration of having anybody else to play it. No. I mean, the elephant in the room of sorts is that Daddy Platt, Mark Platt, is the producer of this. And that when all of the sort of controversy about casting Ben Platt and everyone being like, oh my God, why would you cast this adult man to play a 17 year old? Uh, Ben Platt's response was maybe not the smartest move. Yeah. Ever? I believe it is now removed from his Instagram. Which is actually kind of funny.
1: The great thing is we can get rid of things on Instagram. But yeah, I but well live... I can
0: find it on the internet wherever. Yes. So Ben Platt's response to all of the criticism about his age um, sort of feeds into the his dad is the producer aspect of it. So yeah. he said, people like to have something negative to say Regardless of what it is, so if my thing is something I can't control, which is my age, bring it on. You know what I mean? I'm glad it's not about the performance or my voice or anything that actually matters. I have a lot to say, and I haven't even seen the film yet. yeah, just from the trailer, I have a lot to say about the performance and the voice, but he said, "I think the reaction is largely from people who don't understand the context of the piece. The fact that I created the role and workshopped it for three years." Created is a strong word, and did all the out of town productions and then originated it on Broadway. And also, not really understanding the fact that were I not to do the movie, it probably wouldn't have been made. Now, that last bit to me says, yes, obviously, if you weren't going to do it, this movie wouldn't have been made. Because why would your dad pay for a movie of your show? That you weren't in. Yeah. That is like going to a high school production of Cinderella where you don't know any of the kids and buying a DVD
1: copy of it. You wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know? I just think uh, so. Th- this is the thing that I really uh, kind of going in with weird with, with ideas is everyone talks about how this is the musical of a generation and it's the voice of a generation. Sure.
0: There's <laughs> lots to say about However,
1: that <laughs> from what I've managed to understand.
0: Just tell us the plot of this
1: movie. Well, he's a he's a bullied child. His bullied teenager is dear. And is dear, yeah. And his bully commits suicide or accidentally kills himself. And then they claim to be his best friend and catfish, his mourning parents and mourning sister in the hopes that dear can get with the sister <laughs> kind of which you're not like too far off the mark and this is the thing so the
0: only bit that you're wrong about yeah he's not bullied
1: he's just an outsider he's just a kid so this is the thing is if this is the voice of a generation or like this once in a generation musical I don't know how I'm going to be able to access this with such an unlikable protagonist. I work with teenagers. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I know how cutthroat it can be as a teenager. I was seriously bullied throughout my entire school career. Mm -hmm. I get how difficult it is. But we're reaching Jeremy levels of unlikable, you know, and, and he doesn't have a script to blame it on, does Dear Evan Hansen.
0: Well, this is the thing that a lot of people are brought up in the criticism of the show. And this isn't even really a criticism of Ben Platt. It's just the casting decision. All of the things that happen in this show can be attributed to teenage stupidity. Yes. And bad choices and hormones. Yeah. That only works if I'm looking at a child as a teacher, you know? There's a huge difference between the thing a 28-year-old man will choose to do in the wake of a teen suicide and what a 17-year-old's reaction would be when adults are pressuring him into a situation. I don't think I'm going to be able to distance... You know, like you say Amy Adams and Ben Pat kind of look the same age
1: here, which are like good for Amy Adams. Yeah. But I think the thing is age doesn't matter so much when you're on stage because unless it's you further are further away from you. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're in the first like three rows, mm-hmm. you're probably not gonna see much of their their face in that way. Mm. Obviously, acting is such like an expressive art form. Yeah. But when you have close ups and you bring a camera into it, everything is magnified. And especially in HD and, you know, the quality of the cameras we have nowadays, Mm -hmm. maybe in the 90s, it wouldn't matter so much. But you noticed it when you started using like HD cameras for the first time. The smallest things get picked up on. Yeah. So... I, I'm excited to see Dear Evan Hansen. I'm really hoping that my fears aren't kind of proven because I think this could be a really great film and a really great property. I know it means so much to so many people. I specifically haven't listened. I'm going to give a a, a plug here to the Musicals of Cheese podcast. Mm-hmm. I specifically haven't listened to their episode going into this because it's a very passionate episode on why they dislike dear Evan Hansen mm-hmm. like and I'm trying to go into this with as clean a perspective as possible But the problem is when I know that I've already got the plot and I already know that you know our insert character is this really unlikable oh no character
0: you've got like the first 10 minutes okay it's gonna get worse
1: but that's the thing is it is only gonna get worse from there because he's gonna be seen as this hero for dealing with it and supporting his friend for everything and he lied he was never friends with this person mm-hmm. how do you like someone like that it's not like he's caught up in a lie. He's made the lie.
0: Mm. I have a lot of things to say about this. I also... You saying about the age, yeah. quickly. When out-of-town tryouts began, it was 2015. Yes. So Ben Platt was 22. Cool. And he was in workshops three years before that, or so he says. And so he would have been 19 when he was cast. And that's fine. I can believe he looked young enough, especially at 19. That's fine. Well, he, he did look teenager. young enough
1: in Pitch Perfect. He looks a lot younger then
0: yeah by 2015 for the out-of-town tryouts 22 you know clean shaven that's fine you're still far enough away however he was in dear Evan Hansen for a really long time yeah. at what point did he start to look too old yeah. or is it just because I've seen him in interviews doing the press tour for dear Evan Hansen and he has a beard and he sort of has like I watched the Jenny Nicholson video on it. Who did she describe him as? It's Josh Groban vibes. Yeah. Right. And if you haven't watched Jenny Nicholson's incredible video talking about Dear Evan Hansen, go and watch it. It's full of spoilers. But if you don't want to watch the film, you might as well watch that because yeah. it's great. But he looks like a 28 year old. He doesn't look like the 40 year old he looks in the film. And I, I think it just comes down to costuming, lighting and makeup yeah. because... They've tried really hard to make him look like a kid, and it just comes across like that one GIF. Is it Steve Buscemi? Yeah, being like, "What's up, fellow kids? How do you do, fellow kids?" <laughs> it's that.
1: I, I this is the thing. I appreciate that the originators of the Book of Mormon were Josh Gad and Andrew Reynolds. They have aged out of being Price and Cunningham.
0: They were too old when they were cast. It, but
1: this is the thing. If they ever do a film version of it, I want them in cameos. Mm. I don't want them to reprise those roles. In the same way, Wicked. I don't want to see Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth playing those roles. I
0: want to see Kristen Chenoweth playing Madame, Madame Morrible.
1: Yeah, I, I'd love to see Adina Menzel there in a cameo format. Mm-hmm. There is a way that you can pay tribute to these actors who originate the roles without actually just recasting them. Yeah, and that I feel is 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 possibly going to be to the detriment of this Mm -hmm. i'm going to do my best to look at this film as as much as i can at the story and the characters with some of the performance and 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 forget about the age where possible yeah that's what i'm going to try and do my best to do don't know how possible it's going to be Because I really want to give Dear Evan Hansen a try. There's a lot of kids I teach and have taught since Dear Evan Hansen came out who do feel that this helped them through times that they struggled or do have resonated with this story. Mm -hmm. It's all well and good for me as a 31-year-old man to be like, oh, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. But if kids appreciate this, then there's got to be something to the quality of this.
0: Well. Out of interest, do those same kids really like The Greatest Showman?
1: Yeah, and I, this is the other <laughs> issue I have is is musically, big fan of The Greatest Showman. I like the songs, but I think as a film, it misses the mark. I don't like it. Oh, perhaps that's their trend, is make the unlikable likable. Maybe.
0: So Dear Evan Hansen is a Pasek and Paul musical. Ben Benj, Pasek and Justin Paul and They worked on Christmas Story, Dogfight, which is a fantastic musical. I really like that. James the Giant Peach. Nice. Awesome. Then they wrote a bunch of songs for Smash, which at some point we are going to watch. And La La Land, they wrote City of Stars, which became a huge song and is now on like a whole
1: bunch of different adverts, which I find endlessly funny. but But this is it, where they become Hollywood.
0: Yeah. And then The Greatest Showman. Now, the criticism that I have seen for both Dear Evan Hansen and The Great Showman that go completely hand in hand is that these are all songs that you could play on the radio without having them linked to a musical. Yeah. You don't need to know the plot. You just hear these pop songs. It'll all be good.
1: Oh, I've heard that with Sincerely Me.
0: Yeah. And while it's a great... Sincerely Me is the most musical theatre of all the It's songs a great
1: there, song, but... It's
0: hilarious, but the version of it that they've done for this film is a radio pop song, which is also the issue that The Greatest Showman had. Yeah. They want to be able to market their music, and not just it and Port, but like the people who make these movies now. They want to be able to market their music separately from the film, yeah. which, interestingly, is also a category that we love to think about when we do our favourite song and okay. skip song. This one is a weird one, because in making the movie, they cut almost every song that is sung by somebody other than Evan. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they cut almost every ensemble song, except for the ones where Evan is, like, the most heavily featured cast member. So it's just a a weird one. I don't know. Pass and Paul. Get in touch. <laughs> Tell us what happened here, because I can, from what I understand, it kind of just looks like, somebody went oh yeah but evan's the lead character so we don't need to hear anybody else sing yeah we're just here for ben Platt. and the answer is no i'm not i'm here for amy adams
1: <sighs> well this is the the final note that i want to kind of hit on mm-hmm. because i know that dear Evan hansen's popular i know it was the tony winner and i know that
0: people really didn't want it to be
1: yeah and i, I know i feel like there's a lot of people that love the the musical but not a fan of the film and maybe seeing this film has made them question whether the musical was ever good Mm -hmm. one of the things i have seen on twitter was people complaining at how people want movie musicals yep but they will always complain about the quality of the movie musicals and they will ruin it for everyone because they're so quick to criticize and i do completely understand that as as a kind of argument i we talked about this on our episode of it's your favorite musical podcast where we talked with Ellie from the Flame musical, and we talked about how Lame Is may not be the best movie musical, but for me, one of the things I think is most important about it is not every family can afford to take their children into London because Lame Is isn't on tour in the UK. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can afford to take their, their, their families into New York, into London to see this show, mm-hmm. and what it does do. Really, really importantly, is bring this story in a more accessible format. Dear Evan Hansen as a movie musical, I'm sure it's not going to be without its faults, but we'll credit it for bringing it to the zeitgeist. We'll bring in this world to people that maybe wouldn't be able to access it otherwise. Movie musicals are important. The issue there—they're <laughs> cutting we'll all these songs.
0: This is not the same
1: That's That's my issue. This is
0: actually a completely different show with the same name. Yeah. Because by removing all of these songs, by changing some of the characters, who I will tell you about after we've seen it, by changing who they are as characters, and by messing with what was originally there, which wasn't necessarily good, but by changing it, You've ended up with a completely different story. Yeah, because if we're supposed to just follow Evan the whole time, which is easier to do with a movie than it is with a stage musical, then you lose the inside of everybody else's head, and that's the bit that's important.
1: Well, that's that is the thing. Is they it seems like instead of bringing a movie musical or adapting a musical to a movie, they change the musical for the sake of the movie. Mm. And that is where it loses my argument of you've made this more accessible because you've changed it. Mm -hmm. So very, very interesting. We're off to a different cinema than the one we usually go to for some reason.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for some reason our normal cinema isn't showing it, but, you know,
1: I wonder. I I can't help but wonder why that is. You know, uh, it means we don't get the nice, comfier seats that we usually would have, unfortunately.
0: I'm going to get some popcorn. I'm going to get a smoothie. And we're going to watch this film and I'm sure I'll have an absolute rip-roaring riot.
1: Rip-roaring riot. Uh, (laughs) We will be back after the intermission to talk all things Dear Evan Hansen. I also miss our talks Stop doing drugs, just try to take deep breaths And go on walks I'm sending pictures of the most amazing trees You'll be obsessed with all my forest expertise Dude I'm proud of you Just keep pushing through You're turning around I can see all that it takes is a little reinvention. It's easy to change if you give it your attention. All you gotta do is just believe you can be who you want to be. Sincerely me.
0: And we are back.
1: Yes, I am done waving through a window.
0: Thank God.
1: And I'm ready to talk about the adventures of Deer.
0: <laughs> Me too. That is probably my favourite cultural reference to have come out of this show. Yeah, so I,
1: I, I referred to Evan Hansen as Deer throughout the whole preamble. Mm-hmm. And I realised on the way to the cinematic, I hadn't actually explained why. And it's because of a RuPaul... Joke? Joke? I don't Nobody's know. Nobody's
0: sure. So there is an episode of Drag Race, I can't remember what season, probably one of the more recent ones, where RuPaul says that he got to see Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway, and that Ben Platt, who played Dear, did a really good job of expressing all of these really deep, contrived emotions, yes. blah, blah, blah. So I, and all I... anyone took from it was that RuPaul thinks that the character is called Dear, Evan Hansen.
1: (laughs) So that's why I did that. Now, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Dear Evan Hansen as a property, we are going to give a content warning for this episode. It might then be that you need to go back to the show notes, like with Bedknobs and Broomsticks, and you just want to hear our final views, and you jump forward to the timestamp.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Content warning... The musical deals with mental health, Mm -hmm. deals with suicide. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking about some difficult subjects with this one. Yeah. Completely understand, you know, that that's content that some people don't want to consume.
0: However, it is the major plot of this musical. So if that is not for you, then happy for you to to skip this
1: one really (laughs) if that is you and you just want to know what we thought jump forward if it's not for you and you're thinking i'm going to stop this completely we'll see you next musical monday Mm -hmm. we are going to talk about little women the musical so we'll see you then i enjoyed dear evan Hansen far more than i thought i was going to yeah i knew full well i think i said in the preamble he's a problematic character Mm. and i think i was quite spot on with that but i actually did enjoy this i think we've had a bit of a talk in the car journey home because we're literally fresh off watching this we've we've driven straight back from the cinema sat down to record we've had a bit of a conversation and one of the things i'm quite interested to learn as we go through is where things have changed Mm. from musical to film because I really want to see the stage show now. I wasn't fussed about the stage show beforehand. I would like to see it coming out of this film. It's it's made me want to see it. Yeah. I think I would watch this film again. Okay. It's not without its issues, but I actually think it's a well put together film with some real issues that i think
0: well so maybe my issues come from and i'm sure we'll figure this out as we go through because what is podcasting if not free therapy but my issues are probably more tied into why would you change this from the stage show
1: yes and that's the thing is if i enjoyed this yeah then i think i'm gonna really enjoy the stage show yeah if that's if that makes sense
0: despite the fact As I said beforehand, they are essentially two different stories.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. And by the sounds of it, there's some very, very weird choices.
0: Real weird choices.
1: So obviously, again, content warning, but spoiler warning as well. If you have seen the stage show but not had a chance to see the film yet Mm -hmm. and you do want to go into the film blind, check that timestamp and check out our, our thoughts overall. But we start with... Waving through a window. Yup. And we start with...
0: And I immediately am um, sat there like, but why though?
1: We're, we are introduced to dear. Yep. As Evan Hansen is writing a letter to himself,
0: mm-hmm. It's
1: something that his therapist has recommended. And he's detailing why today is going to be good. Yes. It's the first day of school. Mm-hmm. So first day of a brand new school year. I am a teacher. I recognise the anxiety that goes along with that day. I still get that anxiety to this day.
0: Can you imagine how much worse it would be if you had to pick what clothes you were going to wear? Not as a teacher, but as a kid. I was going to say,
1: I'm in that position already. How completely stressful.
0: Yeah, it's stressful enough being a teacher and deciding what you're going to wear every day. Yeah. Mostly because all of my clothes end up covered in some kind of paint. But... But as a kid? Yeah. That would have driven me insane. I, it's
1: why I love the idea of a uniform, controversially. I hated my school uniform. Oh yeah, I hated my school uniform, but it takes away the choice that could then lead to bullying mm. or more noticeable difference, you know, it, it's at least one less thing that teenagers have to contend with.
0: My school uniform was gendered, so girls had to wear kilts, not skirts kilts you could not move without those things flapping open <laughs> or boys pulling them open and that school has only this year started considering letting girls wear trousers it is 2022 people nearly
1: <laughs> 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 two months ahead of us surgery. yeah so the future. he has a cast on his arm from where he has fallen out of a tree we we
0: get shown that clip so much and knowing as I did what the outcome was going to be I was like we keep being shown basically that Evan is a completely unreliable narrator yeah so why is he the narrator of this version
1: is he not the narrator in the musical he's the main character who's the narrator
0: there isn't a narrator
1: but then I would say your insert character is your narrator by default They might not speak and do voiceovers. For me, an insert character is the narrator. They are the one telling us this story. Unless specified, like with Carrie. Mm -hmm. Carrie's the main character. We see the world through Carrie's eyes. But Sue's the narrator. But Sue's the narrator. Right,
0: so you know that the stage show starts differently. And I I am going to do this as we go through. The way that the stage show opens is... With a split stage where Evan is writing his letter to himself and his mother is talking to him and being like, going to have a great first day of school, honey. So similar here. And on the other side of the stage, you have the Murphys getting ready for school. Okay. With Heidi Murphy trying to convince Connor to go to school. Okay. And they sing a song called Anybody Have a Map where it's, the two mums singing about how they're trying to connect to their sons and how they obviously just aren't interested and they're trying really hard but it's not working and the whole song sets up for us who both Evan and Connor are as actual people yeah and we need that Because in this film, there is a drastic lack of Connor.
1: (laughs) Oh, there really is, considering how pivotal Connor is to this. The last thing we actually see of Connor, where we have an actor moving, is Sincerely Me.
0: Yeah, and... Until
1: the end, but...
0: Again in the stage show, Connor... Well, super interestingly, when they were workshopping the show, they cast the actor who played Connor, and... They really liked him. So they wrote Connor more into the show. Connor's ghost follows Evan around.
1: Which is why Evan's the narrator.
0: Mm, Yeah, sure. Connor's story.
1: Evan as a narrator can see. Yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah, Connor follows him around and Connor is important. But it's like the fictional version of Connor. It's not the the real Connor's ghost.
1: So that's a very interesting thing. I Because it is very weird. We start all about Evan... He goes into school. There's some nice shots with this where He says like tap, tap, tapping. And each shot is a different camera angle.
0: Well, the thing is as well. He, this is a very nice song. Waving Through a Window is a good song. Yeah. Like objectively, it's just a nice song. It's good. It sets up our character. It's his I Want song. And it should fall in the right place because it should be the second song in the show. Yeah. But anybody got a map is a really upbeat introduction song to the musical world that we are in, where everybody is in a musical.
1: And that's the thing that this film is lacking, is upbeat numbers, but also musical theatre tropes. Because all the songs feel incredibly secular, like they're happening just simply within one person, Mm. as opposed to with other people.
0: Yeah. Well, even when we get Sincerely Me, with Connor dancing... People are smiling at him as he's doing that. Yeah. Nobody joins in. He doesn't get backup dancers or anything, no. which would have been objectively funny. But yeah, everybody's songs are contained to themselves. Yes. And, and that's I
1: very think... detrimental at times. Yeah. To and this. I don't
0: think it's supposed to be a commentary on how people internalise these feelings. No. I think it was just a stylistic choice that didn't particularly yeah. sell itself
1: well. But we have this opening. It's very clear that everyone else is just going about their business Everyone's going through the school corridors. It's going into the pep rally. Mm -hmm. I get confused with pep rallies and I get confused with this bit, especially because it feels like this is something that's just for the seniors. This is for the graduating class.
0: It's first day assembly.
1: But so, so if it's first day assembly, Mm. should it just be year groups or is it the whole school? Because there's not enough kids in there for it to be the whole school.
0: You know, I think that every time we watch one of these things, do you know what also confuses me? What year is Connor in?
1: Right. So so this is, this is my big question here is because Connor is there, as is Evan, as is Zoe. Zoe right. shouldn't be there.
0: No, Zoe should because Zoe's a senior. She's going to college next year. She's in her last year.
1: She's not in this version.
0: Yes, she is. Yes, she is. he says to her at the end of the film when does college start and she's like two weeks it's summer holidays after that year of school Oh, i
1: thought she was saying because the two weeks was she was going back to school in two weeks
0: no she's gone to so connor's
1: have to obviously been held back a few years because of his personal problems
0: which would put him and zoe in the same year
1: yes yeah so him and zoe would be the same year okay so that's what i was thinking instantly i was like okay cool but we have this pep rally and it's very much from Evan's perspective. We're not seeing the other characters, but me being empathetic,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I can see that you've got one character sat on the bleachers who is not
0: Oh, you really notice Connor. You really
1: notice Connor. Especially and I'm because thinking everyone
0: around him is wearing such colourful clothing. And
1: I'm thinking, oh, Connor's not a bully. He's just as much a victim as Evan is. Mm. But obviously takes it out on Evan because... He's there. The cycle of shouting.
0: Well, this is the thing, right? What did we learn about Connor as a real human being? Not the fictional version that Evan makes up, but actual Connor who exists. He's always been troubled. He's always had anger management issues since he was like three years old. He... Doesn't have any friends because nobody wants to be around him because he's volatile. And he was getting therapy, but now he's not because his mum can't pick just one program and stick to it. Yeah. And he plays guitar. And like, that's it. Those are the only things we know about this kid is that. And his mum's the only one that says he was nice deep down. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else agrees with that.
1: Which is a very mum thing to do. It's a very parent thing to do. Yeah, so
0: it doesn't feel like completely honest because you always want to see the best in your children.
1: But we are sat from the perspective, from the gaze of Evan at this point. Evan is sat with Jared. Yeah. And I was... (laughs) Well, I was surprised because I thought Jared was like Evan's only friend. No, it's a family friend and Jared Mm. barely tolerates Evan. Which I thought was interesting.
0: But also at the same time is willing to help him lie in a way that could get them in but actual trouble. I think that's trouble.
1: because Jared just enjoys the drama.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Like it's not done for any noble reasons for Evan. It's just done because it's like, you mm. know. Because there's a, there's a pandering to Evan as well. So Jared is asking, you know, what happened to your arm? What happened over the summer? And you already get the sense that this story is not wholly accurate because evan isn't sure and is repeating key points and that's typically what people do when they're lying is they repeat the same thing over and over again because they really hope it sticks. specific things yeah because yeah. then you can't question me because i've said this point and jared doesn't seem because because evan says it's a funny story jared says it's not that funny people were screaming for and you were waiting but no one came to you that's not that funny
0: and he's like, yeah, but nobody came. That's why it's funny. And Jared's like, that's the most depressing thing I've yeah, ever Yeah,
1: and heard. Jared is, is not into the story. Jared isn't really into Evan as a person. And maybe that is just because of Evan being this anxious individual that there once was a friendship and Evan catastrophizing.
0: In both versions, it is just the way that you are with another kid when your mom is friends with their mom and they force you to be friends.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that was going to be the way it went about with their relationship, so I thought that was very, very interesting that mm. Evan really does have no one. Yeah, but
0: Jared doesn't seem to either.
1: Well, Jared...
0: Jared is like Evan's only friend and Evan is Jared's only friend. We never see him with anybody else. We he see... completely vanishes at lunchtimes.
1: But we do see Jared with Alana...
0: Yeah, after they start running the Connor Project. But, but that's only after the lies yeah. become too big and Jared would get in trouble if they got found out.
1: Yeah. So, there's a change with Jared.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, in the stage show, and I'm more than happy to show you some receipts of this, in the stage show, there are a lot of homophobic jokes and a lot of no-homo kind of jokes yes that are made specifically through jared i don't know why they picked him maybe they just thought it would be better coming from him than from evan but yeah he makes a evan lot of is jokes. not the
1: sort of person to make these jokes
0: well i'm going to tell you that he is because he does in the stage oh, does show. he yeah so
1: this version of evan is this
0: version of evan fine and this version of jared is gay but still makes all the same jokes because I guess homophobia is okay when it comes from a gay guy? Like, who decided that? Who looked at these jokes and was like, oh yeah, we should leave those in? Definitely. Like, that's fine. That's good. Like yeah. the the bit in the middle of... Sincerely Me. Sincerely Me, where the line is supposed to be, Our friendship goes beyond your average kind of bond. But, but not, not because, because we're, gay. we're gay. Yeah, so it's, but not because we're gay. No, not because we're gay. We're close, but not that way. The only man that I love is my dad, right? And he actually writes that in the email. Um, and what they did in this version is they had Jared sing the line, but not because they're gay. No, not because they're gay. They're close, but not that way. And then he gets pushed out of the way yeah. so that they can cut over the next bit and we're jumping ahead
1: of ourselves a little bit here
0: yeah anyway evan's like how was summer camp and jared says oh it was really good i hooked up with this really hot guy and i immediately like covered my face with my hands and was like god why why would they do this because it'd be really nice to have this character who is sort of one of the key characters be an lgbtq plus character yeah that would be cool i can get on board with that But maybe not if it's the homophobic guy from the stage show.
1: Yeah, it's a weird choice. And maybe it's written that way because they've looked at the script and thought, oh, this is actually quite homophobic. So if we make this character gay, it's not as bad if it comes from a gay person. I don't know.
0: Well, he also spends the entire stage show making jokes about how gay it is that Evan and Connor have secret emails to each other and how... uh, that's all that their the Murphys are going to think is that you're his secret boyfriend and isn't it so funny to be gay? And they got rid of all of those lines, which is then just disingenuous to the character because, like, I'm okay with him being a homophobe because he sucks. Like, he already isn't a good person. He actively agrees to help Evan lie to a grieving family. Yeah. And he never gets any comeuppance for that either.
1: No. Well...
0: Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just angry. So (laughs) So,
1: Evan's not having any luck. Even Jared isn't going to sign his cast. Mm -hmm. Evan and Jared talk about uh, Evan's crush on Zoe, who is Connor's younger sister. And Mm -hmm. even Jared is like, that's kind of creepy. Yeah, you shouldn't talk to her because that's just weird. And then we yeah, meet because
0: he keeps mentioning that he like knows stuff about her. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, I love the way that she smiles right before she plays the bass. And Jared's like, yeah, no, you should never talk to that girl ever. She's gonna punch you.
1: Yeah, we Which meet. Which is true. Alana, who is full of pep and is, you know, class president and does everything and seems perfectly innocuous.
0: I really like Alana in this version. Yeah, I think the way that she was written in the stage show is detrimental to her character and usually detrimental to the poor actress that plays her because in the stage show alana is the only black character yeah and the, the way that they describe her is precocious which if you've ever auditioned for anything before means loud social justice warrior
1: yeah i like alana here but we're going to, I guess, put a pin in Alana for now and come back to this moment oh, later on. Yeah. But what I like here is that she just seems like you're generic, peppy. I've got still like spirit.
0: awkward kid, but like...
1: But there doesn't seem like there's anything
0: mm.
1: off with her, mm-hmm. which is quite nice. And then we cut to the corridors and Evan is putting stuff in his locker and we see Connor get harassed. Buy some jocks, because, oh, he's wearing nail varnish. Oh, that colour really suits you. It goes for that school shooter vibe. That's a awful joke. Hmm.
0: And then Evan smiles at him.
1: Well, Evan smiles and laughs. Just, I guess, we are Evan. So it's that kind of, it is, we talked about it last week. It's that nervous laughter of, school sucks, right? And Connor looks at him and goes, you laughing at me. Well, it's more that
0: it's like, oh, you think that's funny? You think that's a funny joke? Yeah. Because, like, everybody knows this clearly isn't that big a town. All these kids know each other. They've known each other since, like, what, first grade? Yeah. So these kids all know that Connor has anger issues and that he is likely to explode at sort of any given opportunity. But, yeah, that kind of joke... Specifically who it comes from. Because I noticed this. So the three boys who make this joke are the three main jocks that show up throughout this. And of the three of them, one of them definitely has mental health issues based on what was shown of him. Yeah. One of them actively wants to help with the Connor project. And one of them just does not care and seems to just be here for no reason. Yeah. So he's the, like, mean one, but he's not the one that makes the joke. It's the one with mental health problems that makes the joke.
1: And it is a weird joke to make, especially with the climate. Like, that's a, that's a joke that does harm to people. That's a joke that makes light of a very real and very, very sad subject.
0: Yes. But also, at the same time, somebody chose to dress Connor like JD from Heather's. Well... Who is a school shooter?
1: Yeah. It, it looked very Columbine as well in the way he's dressed.
0: Mm. So and Somebody picked that. That yeah. was somebody's job to decide.
1: Yeah. And it's unfortunate. But I I, I empathise with both characters because from Connor's perspective, you're laughing at me. Mm-hmm. How dare you? And it's the cycle of shouting. Like, you're you're lower on the totem than I am, so I can shout you. But you can also understand Evan just trying to be like, I'm just sucks but i can't say it so you understand where both are and connor shouts in his face and storms off and then zoe tries to start a conversation with evan is like oh are you okay i'm sorry about my brother introduces herself as zoe and he can't talk and he's wiping his hand trying to be like oh i'm not sweaty he corrects himself with his name and is like oh i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that we get that real social anxiety from evan here in a way that's very relatable and i think done well hmm. You know, I think.
0: Right. This is the one and only time I'm going to talk about how old Ben Platt looks. Yeah. And then I can move on from it.
1: I'll be I'll be honest. I forgot very quickly about the age. It wasn't like Rent, where it really stood out to me. It was noticeable at the start. I forgot as time went on because I got immersed in the story. I
0: definitely think it was more noticeable when he was around adults. Yeah. I feel like there was some kind of editing done to his body in, like, post-production to make him look smaller. It gave me, you know, the start of Captain America where they've CG'd Chris Evans' face onto a skinny guy. It gave me that kind of vibe. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just the clothing they did and it made him look skinny. But at this point, and then every time he had a nervous breakdown in the school hallways, I was like, this adult man is just making me viscerally uncomfortable because everybody around him looks like a child. Yeah. And while I feel sympathy for Evan as a character, because I know what that feels like. I also am like, I feel like I would feel more sympathy for you if you looked like a child. Yeah. It's hunger gain syndrome where like you cast adult actors to play 15 year olds and suddenly they look like they can fight and take on the world whereas if you cast actual 15 year olds I would be scared for these kids there's a lot
1: more vulnerability there yeah yeah I get that for me I didn't notice it like I say I got immersed in the story as time went on and I forgot um
0: Yeah, anyway, Evan Naruto runs away from the situation. Oh, it's very (laughs) awkward.
1: It's very, very awkward the way he runs away. And, yeah, goes to have a panic attack in the toilet, drops his pills on the toilet floor and still...
0: Blows on one of them and eats (sighs) it.
1: I mean, I understand. And I guess that's a really good point, like, for where he's at with his mental health, like, the dependence he has on these meds that Mm. you would... Like, that's a rock bottom thing. Like, that is, I am at my lowest. yeah. And I can. He's
0: also taking Vicodin, which is what House is addicted to in House. Yeah, it's like a painkiller.
1: Yeah, and then goes to the library and adjusts the note that it's not going to be a good day. It's a bad day.
0: Oh, I like that we see him Google Google drop it or Google Drive it to himself at the beginning of the film. Yeah, like he's in Google Drive writing it so that he can just open it again at school. I appreciate things like that. Because otherwise I'd have been like, how did he get this letter? Did he email it to himself? Yeah,
1: it's just a small little detail. Yeah. Finishes off, talks about, you know, liking Zoe.
0: Basically the only thing that's going to keep him alive is Zoe. Yes. And, and then stalking her.
1: Prints it off, ready for therapy. Goes to print it and on the way bumps into Connor, who makes a much more genuine, seemingly chance at reaching out.
0: Yeah, this is the, the only time we see Connor be nice, really.
1: And... It still comes across sarcastic with the whole signing the cast and like we can both pretend we have friends. But actually, knowing what's about to happen to Connor is the fact that this is a very genuine moment that comes across sarcastic because we are seeing it through Evan's gaze.
0: Yeah. So what we get here is Connor sits down at the computer, sort of diagonally opposite Evan and says, what happened to your arm? And he's making a nice attempt at conversation And Evan tells him, and he says, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. And Evan gets upset, turns his computer off, stands up and is like, I know, and walks away. And you just get this moment on Connor's face where he looks upset with himself, where he's like, I was just trying to be nice and I've messed up.
1: So, yeah, he goes, joins the queue for the library printers, like, I just printed something. And this woman, this girl in front is just like, yes, so have we, that's why we're here.
0: Right. But he says... I think I accidentally printed something, despite the fact that we watched him very slowly and purposefully click, print, and then sign out.
1: So this is the thing with Evan that I've noticed straight away is, A, pathological liar. Yeah. Mostly probably because of anxiety and wants to make himself appear more interesting because he's not interesting. The only way to get people interested is to lie, but also really oblivious to other people like evan is the only thing that matters
0: yeah so the girl that he says oh i think i printed something too and she's like yeah me too why we're we're queuing the way that evan reacts to that is like he kind of looks like oh she was being so rude it's like no, you just joined a queue. Maybe, yeah. maybe this is an English thing, I don't know.
1: But this is it. It's like joining a queue for a restaurant and be like, oh, I'm here to buy something. And the woman in front being like, yeah, me yeah, too. We That's were. why I'm in the queue. He really doesn't understand, like, the social interactions. Yeah. But, like, doesn't seem... And this is the biggest thing with Evan that is a thread throughout. Evan is only worried about Evan and seems to have no... He no
0: worries about anybody worries else. Worries about
1: anyone else, because Evan thinks... The only person suffering in the world is Evan. Mm
0: -hmm. We should have had a reprise of Waving Through a Window here.
1: What was the song that you said they're playing during the pep rally, just to go back a scene? Was that marking on a map? Oh, my God. No. So
0: there were two songs in this show that are played during the pep rally. One of them is Good For You, which is my favourite song from the stage show. And they cut it, and had the pep rally play it. So I was sat there like, "Wow, this song about how we're all really angry at Evan
1: has just been cut and put in." Here. Has been
0: is being played as a jaunty beat by the the what do you call them, marching band? Yeah, is that what it is? And the other one is anybody have a map? They play it. Afterwards, when so the first one is good for you, and then the second one is anybody have a map? It's weird. And I was sat there like, you could have just sung these. Yeah, I'd be happy. You know.
1: Yeah. Anyway, back to the library. Cry. Evans document prints, but Connor gets there first. Connor has signed his name, and Connor reads the note. And
0: oh, the sharpie makes the worst noise.
1: Yeah. Evan starts to panic because he knows what's there. And Connor reads and goes, is this about my sister?
0: Oh, and this is the thing. Again, Again, Connor was being nice. He picked it up. He says, oh, dear Evan Hansen, because he knows that that's Evan. Yeah. He's still trying to make amends for screaming at yeah. him earlier, And he goes to hand it to him, but he's holding it with the words facing himself. So he glances down at it, sees Zoe and is like, This is about my sister. I've seen you stare at her before. Did you write this to make fun of me? Yeah.
1: And goes straight off and storms out. Yeah. And Evan is now full on panic mode.
0: Oh yeah, because Connor takes the note with him.
1: Yeah. And we get this sequence where... (laughs) Evan is searching every form of social media he can... For Evan Hansen letter, Connor Murphy, Evan Hansen to try and see what he believes is the inevitable that this letter is being uploaded for everyone to laugh at, Mm -hmm. which I think is funny. A because like it is every form of social media we see Facebook, we see Instagram, we see Reddit, we see Twitter, but also is exactly what I imagine Ben Platt doing anyway is just searching any like mention (laughs) of Evan Hansen.
0: Yeah, well we get to play my favorite. Uh, movie game which is how old is the person who wrote this compared to how old the character is supposed to be yeah because 17 year olds don't use facebook facebook is a dead platform and it's used by people our age and above the people who had it when it got made exactly and even twitter is
1: not going to be as go-to as instagram instagram
0: and also snapchat
1: didn't think snapchat was on there
0: no it wasn't on there but like i know a lot of teenagers use snapchat that's like their primary because i think you grow
1: out of snapchat though yeah i don't once you
0: find out that your stuff doesn't actually disappear and the company (coughs) keeps all of your information
1: exactly but i like this as a little bit of a sequence he's on the phone to his mum at the same time talking about you know the fact that she's not going to be home he's not engaging properly it's that one-sided conversation he's just saying enough words to get this conversation to go by Mm -hmm. but mum is taking extra shifts at the hospital because they're going to be laying off staff and she wants to seem like a team player yes and he's too busy searching online to really take this in and the phone call ends abruptly when her boss is hovering she doesn't even give him a chance to say, love you, bye. So you can you can see where there's, there's this disconnect in his home life as well.
0: Yeah, his mum thinks because he's in therapy, he has somebody looking out for him.
1: And everything's okay.
0: Yeah, which is not true. No. Something majorly different, which is super interesting between the stage show and the film, is that a lot of the conversations that are had in person in the film are had over the internet in the stage show. Yeah. And I showed you the set for the stage show and a lot of that is done by the characters will say their lines and then it'll flash up behind them on a screen. Like text. Which is very, very clever and very well done.
1: Which is probably why this show really gained momentum. Yeah. Because it had
0: this sort of like intelligent this is how teenagers communicate. So it's all happening on the computer or on their phones thing. Which they got rid of here. So when... Evan then tells Jared, This is what's happened. He's taken it. He hasn't been in school for three days. I'm really stressed. What would he do with it? Is he going to put it online? That all takes place over the internet, which is why Jared talks to him. Jared doesn't talk to him at school. Because no other choice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. God, that sounds so interesting. So I can imagine why a lot of people have really been concerned with Dear Evan Hansen as a film because how do you capture this? Mm
0: -hmm. Because
1: it wouldn't be dynamic if you watched it. There are some really good horror films. I like Unfriended. It's not the best film in the world, but I like the premise of...
0: Unfriended is amazing. Right?
1: And I'm not saying it's going to win awards as the best film ever. But what I like is the, the gimmick of it all takes place on like a chat log. Mm. But...
0: Well, funnily enough, Dead Meat podcast, who are fantastic. Chelsea runs the podcast side of yes. her, And she loves Unfriended. At some point, I will get you to watch their episode on that because they the way I, she talks about it is i Satan.
1: really like unfriended but that works because it's horror mm-hmm. a film like evan hansen doing it that way isn't going to work isn't going to be dynamic to watch i don't think
0: this is a horror movie yeah
1: it's his own personal horror so if uh, it was
0: from uh zoe's point of view it would be a horror movie
1: yeah content warning especially so if you've stuck with us Now is
0: the time to consider.
1: Now is the time to consider because, uh, yeah, content warning. So Evan's having this conversation with Jared and the principal calls over the, the tannoy for Evan Hansen to come to his office.
0: Yeah, they said Evan Hansen and I had a moment where I was like, that's the first time anyone said it without the deer in front.
1: Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. So he goes to the principal's office. All that the principal says is the parents of Connor Murphy would like to have a private conversation with you. I couldn't help but think at this point the principal is going to be in there as well. There is some other adult in it there. It
0: feels like there should be another adult in for,
1: there. For for his own safeguarding. Because you don't know what the the, the principal knows what the conversation is going to be had. Yeah. However, surely an adult should be in there to support Evan. And actually... Maybe works for the rest of the plot as to why there has to be no adult for Evan to get away with Evan things. to make a mistake like you know
0: this. who should be in this room who or do you know what a parent not even a parent a police officer yeah. because presumably somebody found Connor and then rang either an ambulance or the police yes. and just based on context clues I think his parents found him. Based on the weather they are. Yes. So, yeah. So his parents find him. They call ambulance, police, whatever. The police then not only let them take Connor's suicide note away with them after only three days of investigation, despite the fact that he definitely will not have been processed that quickly and will not have had his post. Morton? Yeah. Like, anything to prove that it was a suicide, because we never learn how Connor killed himself. Thank goodness.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we don't have a scene that shows the discovery. Yeah,
0: I don't need to know that. But somewhere along the lines, within the three days after he disappeared, at after he had his confrontation with Evan, they decide, Mm -hmm. okay, yes, it was suicide. And so they give the note back to his parents, and... Don't follow up with the kid who the note named. was written to. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm missing something. No. Like, this is never referenced. Because all that happens in the stage show as well is he gets called to the principal's office. Connor's parents say, Connor's died. We have this letter. You are the person he wanted to talk to. Oh, look, his name's on your cast.
1: Yeah. I think... And I think this is the point, is almost because the school has failed, it's allowed Evan to make this this mistake. Yeah. Because the police have failed. If a police officer there, they have the conversation with Evan, he's like, I wrote that note, I'm going through therapy. Mm-hmm. He took it from me. And it all goes away, it all stops. Right. It has to be Evan confronted with this broken mother. Mm-hmm. And you know, because of the social anxiety feeling, not nothing. But well, I could help. Yeah. And this is where we get the lie, and this is where it all starts. He says he he does try. It's not like he goes straight to, you know, lying. He does try and say I wrote the note. Yeah. Doesn't work. I understand, again, maybe it's one of those scenes where it works more if you do have a vulnerable 15, 17-year-old actor playing this role. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on the actual content as opposed to the casting. hmm The Murphys have reached out and want to form a bond with this boy who they believe was the only person... Who knew their son. Who knew their son and was there for their son. Mm-hmm. And, is, and Evan is invited to the house for dinner, tells Jared what's happened. And Jared's like, you, you've got to tell the truth. And Evan goes, and they have dinner. Zoe is very off. Zoe doesn't believe that Evan could be this this secret friend because the only time she'd ever seen them interact was when Connor was screaming screamed at in his face.
0: You know what Jared tells Evan to do what? on the stage show? <laughs> Smile and nod. Agree with anything they say. To to stop things from being worse. Don't make things worse for them by telling them it's not true. Basically. It's like smile and nod, it'll all be over, and then you can just go home.
1: I wish we kept that. Right? Because it's almost like the one person who Evan considers a friend is giving. He's got him
0: like his some advice. advice from somebody well, else. This is it, because especially then. then a child, he like, completed
1: the fifth. It wasn't completely his fault. Well, Evan is directly responsible for all of this, whether good intentions or not. We'll go back to Carrie. Good intentions or not.
0: Yeah. It's it the cost to be kind.
1: Yeah. It's the wrong thing to do. But during this dinner, mm-hmm. Cynthia is pressing about this friendship. Yeah. And you can see the story struggling. He mm-hmm. mentioned something. He goes to say his story about falling out the tree. And
0: well, wow. so before you get to the tree story, yeah. every single thing that Mrs. Murphy mentions, Connor just says yes to, not Connor. Evan just says yes to, like he's supposed to. Yes. So she's the one that says secret email accounts, because Zoe says, Well, we checked all of his socials, like there's nothing, we have no link between you except for this no. And the mom is like, well, he knew we were checking all of his emails. So, of course, he would have used a secret email address. She's the one that comes up with all these things. Yes. Evan just agrees to it. Now, he's in the wrong for doing that.
1: And it is very smart of her. But then, again, she's so desperate to believe there's more to this.
0: Yeah. It's not her fault. That's no, it isn't. Grieving. She's
1: gr- a grieving mother who also feels guilt.
0: Yeah. But then when we get into the story about falling out of a tree... Cynthia is the one who mentions the orchard. Yes. Because Evan just said the trees. We went to the trees. He's there's like a weird obsession with trees. He
1: really does have a weird obsession with trees.
0: Yeah. So I've I've seen opinions on this that it's a first of all, I've seen opinions where people say that Evan is autistic. I did
1: wonder if there was any I, I did wonder if that was a plot point they're going for because the the sheer focus on all the trees yeah in everything that we're going you know like it just seems to be a very that's all evan cares about
0: however the writers have said that's not what they were going for it can be read that way but that's not what they're going for which is better personally i would yeah
1: i would agree i'd rather them say that's not how he wrote it yeah and just latch onto it Mm
0: -hmm. and then the other thing is it's a metaphor You know, Evan is a lone tree standing in a forest and the other trees around him don't notice him or see him. Okay, that's fine. We then need to have some kind of end to that metaphor, which never happens in this or in the stage show. But, you know, he's him and his metaphors. But they're the ones that bring up the orchard. Zoe is the one that mentions the name of the ice cream parlor, Alamode, because Evan then uses that name in his story.
1: Now, it's during this moment that... One of the first instances where me and you start laughing, as does this couple a few seats along from us.
0: Oh, yeah, it was the university students. There are three university students in the same row as us who are having a good giggle. So
1: it's uh, for forever. Mm-hmm. We have the Murphys speaking their lines mm-hmm. and Evan responds by singing them. And we talked about this with our episode last week on Priscilla, yeah. where the singing can out- coming out of the blue like that a little bit funny
0: it's always a little bit funny, and it's
1: funny here because ben platt is really emotionally like and high-pitched singing
0: yeah and then everyone
1: else talks and he responds with singing and if they were singing all together it wouldn't be so funny but because you've just got one character singing
0: Mm.
1: it feels weird
0: now one of the things that Ben Platt mentioned in his response to the backlash about his age was that nobody was criticising him for the things that matter, his acting and his singing. This isn't a criticism of Ben Platt specifically. However, I just don't think his sort of vocals lend themselves to these songs. He has He's a very traditional classical sounding singer because he uses a lot of vibrato and his falsetto is like fantastic he's ridiculously talented he's a very very good singer and performer wonderful i just sometimes you know when you hear the pop cover of something and you're like oh this sounds better because they're singing it and not doing all the vibrato they're not doing all the falsetto they're just hitting the notes where they can sometimes that's nicer And every time he did one of his, like, high, quivering notes, it just reminded me that, like, it took me out of that situation. Yeah. Because when the other characters sing, nobody else does it. No, there was a disconnect.
1: But I don't know if that's so much his performance as it is the choice of, because you said to me that this song in the musical is everyone singing.
0: No, not this one. That's later on. Fine. You're thinking about the one at the end. But yeah, no, when this song is happening in the stage show, they're not so much interrupting him.
1: Yeah, it just felt very weird and jarring because I'm used to musicals where someone will sing. It becomes a group thing where they all sing as opposed to one singing and everyone else Well, like when we get
0: to Only Us, Evan is singing, Zoe says a couple of lines and then she joins in with song. Yes. Normal.
1: Normal musical thing. This is a... Three people are having a conversation
0: and I'm going to
1: respond by singing.
0: Yeah, which lends itself to the interpretation that Evan is just actually singing. Yeah. In this real world situation, which I like. Yeah. I it's like a, the a, idea that this kid shows up it's and sings It's a fine
1: song and it's especially weird because we've not had a song since Waving Through a Window and it's been quite a while and now we seem to have song after song after song. But there's a big gap in between musical numbers.
0: i tell you what we also have. Is uh we have two songs, one of which is five minutes long. For Forever is a long song. Yeah, it did drag. Which takes us about 30 minutes into the movie before anybody else sings. Yeah. And the next person to sing is in Evan's head. Yeah. So actually, until somebody outside of Evan's head sings in a real song... Is about forty or fifty minutes into this film until Requiem. Yeah, I think by removing anybody have a map, you lose the sense that this is the world of musicals, where people just burst into song, or when you feel too much, you sing because that's how you get it out. Yeah,
1: it, it's it's noticeable that
0: nobody's singing <laughs> in this. Yeah,
1: yeah, they end the meal, and Evan has performed a service has made certainly Cynthia feel a lot more appeased. Mm -hmm. I still think that Zoe and the dad, Larry, are on the fence, but it's helping. Evan enlists Jared's help to fabricate these backdated emails. And apparently it's easy, even though he failed coding And Jared's like, yeah, but it'll cost me $25,000 an email. Okay, $20.
0: So here's my issue with this. (laughs) At the start of the film, while he's singing, waving through a window, we see Evan in computer science doing coding. Yeah. Now, we're shown in the musical that Jared is a big computer nerd. The reason he knows how to do this is because he's a hacker, essentially. Whereas in this, we're not shown any of that. There's no reason why he should know how to do this. We don't see his bedroom and it's full of like high tech computer stuff. It's like one MacBook on a yeah. table. So, first of all, Evan should be able to do this on his own because we're shown at the end of the film that Evan is an honor student. Yep. So, if he's in this class, he's in the AP class. So, he should know how to do this. Or,. Jared needs to be kidding, in which case we need to be shown that he's kidding. He's
1: like, oh yeah, you should make these email addresses, and then they go with it. So...
0: Yeah. Just like, something. I can understand computer genius Jared getting a D-plus in computer sciences, because he's not doing the work he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, I can get on board with that. But it's just a weird one.
1: Yeah. We go to the very first upbeat song of this whole film with Sincerely Me. Now I'm pretty sure this is the only upbeat song.
0: Yeah, but it's not... <laughs> It is.
1: It is, but I feel like there's another song that has more like upbeat moments that's not all doom and gloom. Yeah. Even though the sentiment is doom and gloom. Yeah. But, sincerely me, I've listened to this one a few times in the car. I always assumed that Dear Evan Hansen was performed by Jared, reading out. But it's actually Connor. Mm-hmm. And we see Connor walking down the corridor, singing the email. And I really like the moments where they kind of go back. I like and they have to reverse, reverse and do it, it And they do it again. And it works really well. And this is such a great number. And it's such a shame that we don't have more songs like this in this show. Mm-hmm. We need more energy like this and we need more fun like this. And I understand that this is a show dealing with a very serious subject topic, but... Yeah. We need something to cleanse our palate, and this is great at this point. Mm-hmm. Especially because we know that it's this fictionalized version of Connor. Yeah. But so it's just there's not not, not enough of this.
0: Colton Ryan, who plays Connor in this, is fantastic. <laughs> He's mm. so great. He was actually the understudy Connor on the Broadway uh, version yeah. of Dearf and Hansen. And He is so great. He's such a quirky little dude. Yeah. And my favourite thing about this whole performance is every time he does a little thumbs up, but it's always when it's like not the correct answer.
1: So he's like,
0: I like my parents. And he does like a
1: double thumbs up. I love my parents. And there's a weird twirl. He does a
0: little twirl like, (laughs) love. And then... At the end of his section of singing where he's in the library, he jumps up onto the table and throws in a whoa into his little dance move. Absolutely iconic. I love him. But he's so talented. Why is he not in more of this? Like his dancing, he's the... This is the only song where we see dancing as well. This is the only choreography as we see it as like dance choreography in the show and it's great it's so well done his little dance moves in this and then as we go on when he's dancing with evan he's so talented he is and we miss out on him for the rest of this
1: yeah and i like the bits it's one of the fun things you can do with a musical movie is take them into different locations so we see them go-karting we see them uh, at the arcade did you notice the jurassic park arcade game in the background
0: No, I was too busy watching Ben Platt miss every single step.
1: Yeah, I I just noticed it because, like, it's (laughs) universal. It's a universal property. So they're allowed to have Jurassic World and Jurassic Park in the background. wouldn't get away with it if it was anyone else.
0: Yeah. No, I was just, I was trying to figure out whether when they're on the the Dance Dance Revolution, I'm sure it's not actually called that in that scene, but that's what it is. When they're doing the dance, Connor is hitting all the right buttons. Yes on the floor, the panels. And I was trying to figure out if if they had to learn this dance specifically, because I believe the band that they're dancing to, it's a K-pop band, I think it's Blackpink.
1: I didn't see. I just saw them dancing.
0: Yeah, but I was trying to figure out whether they had learned this choreographed dance for this machine, or if they were lighting up the squares afterwards to try and keep up with them. But Yes, I got distracted by that, and
1: it was great. I preferred uh, this this motif in the kissing booth too. Me too. I, I like that. Evan's contribution to the emails is talking about trees. I'm sending pictures of some trees for you.
0: The most amazing trees.
1: Yeah. Again, so more obsessed. I love trees. that as
0: he's talking about that. Jared's like, no. <laughs>
1: they no. said they craft these emails. They send them to the Murphys. So
0: oh, this is where we get the stupid Jared homophobic joke thing cut. Yeah. So in the stage show, it's Evan that sings that.
1: Oh, really? That's
0: Evan's joke. That's Evan's no homo because he's still trying to get with Zoe. It's like, oh, no, no. I wasn't gay with your brother. I'm just going to put that in there specifically so that you know that I'm not interested in guys. Yeah. Because this is all manipulation. It's all crafted specifically so that The Murphys will feel like their son had a friend, but so that Zoe will think he's a nice guy. Yeah. Because he never once in his emails talks about any of his problems. And we know he has loads. Yeah. As the audience. And his mum knows he has loads. And Jared knows he has loads. Like, even Zoe must. He could barely talk to her when she tried. Yeah. But in this fictional version of Evan that's in the emails, Evan is... Perfect. Perfect. Evan can't do anything wrong. He's there to support Connor.
1: Yeah.
0: That should really be where that falls apart. Interesting.
1: The Murphys receive the emails and it means a lot more to Cynthia. Larry isn't so interested in them and you get the first sense that there's a little bit of an issue between the two of them zoe arrives doesn't want to read the emails isn't intrigued at them when cynthia goes to talk to her she says do the emails mention anything about that time where he ran away from home and i as a 12 year old had to go and get him and give him money Mm -hmm. because he wasn't a nice person to these emails referred and i'm thinking oh she's on to him she's on to him
0: Yeah, because that's when they had their dinner. That was her point as well. Was like, there's no evidence of this. You can't prove you were friends. She already said to her mum, "People at school are treating her weird because she's the dead boy's sister, and she knows that they're not doing it to be kind."
1: Well, this is trying to get
0: clout. The three
1: jocks that obviously said the school shooter thing take a selfie outside his locker. Yeah, they were best friends. Mm. It's that grief thing, isn't it? Everyone cared. after the fact
0: yeah but yeah so the other one that she brings up the 12 year old one is bad enough yeah but the other thing she brings up is that one time Connor lost it and like tried to punch his way through her bedroom door and said he was going to kill her for no reason
1: yeah
0: and they're kids obviously so first of all Somebody should have done something about that. You just you just keep getting the sense that actually the Murphys, but specifically the mum, didn't do enough.
1: No, they threw money at the problem.
0: Yeah. And the dad doesn't seem to be around that often, but
1: he's really different than from the... Because he's stepdad here.
0: Yeah. And they chuck in this whole dialogue between Zoe and... Evan later on about how he adopted them and he's their dad now and all this stuff but in the stage show he's just their dad he's their actual dad and none of that happened
1: it's a weird change
0: well they changed it because of casting I believe but that seems like a it's a choice (laughs) that's all I have to say about it I don't know why they do things like that
1: we see the Murphy struggling with the revelation of these emails. We get Requiem and obviously we see that people are treating them differently everywhere they go. So obviously Zoe it's down the corridors. for larry it's at work mm-hmm. and for Cynthia it's at the shops. I really like the way this sequence is shot that they're all going down this like this path down this corridor and everyone just looking at them just sad. Yeah, Like, it's a really nice way of framing this. And it ends with Zoe, like, driving her car really, really fast. And almost, and it, like, hands off the steering wheel. She's given up. She's going to let the traffic take her. She comes to her senses just as she approaches the red light at an intersection.
0: See, now, I love this song because you get all three of their perspectives about what is happening.
1: And I like that.
0: The dad is... Upset that well, so the way that he's grieving is he's angry, yes, because he thinks that Connor has thrown away everything that he could give him, which is kind of a valid grief. I mean, everybody's grief is valid, isn't it? Yeah, but this is the way that he's grieving. He feels like Connor has wasted his opportunities, he doesn't, he's taken everything for granted and now he's thrown it all away. The mum is just trying to see the best in everything that Connor was or ever did. And then Zoe is, like, righteously angry. But not only just angry, she just cannot deal with any of this. And she shouldn't have to, you know? Like, she's also a child. Everything she said to her mum before this song started is right. Yeah. Like, you cannot turn around. And her whole bit in the song is, you can't turn around and tell me that none of that happened because he'd still did all of those things. You can tell me he was your best friend ever, but he still did all of those horrible things to me. Yeah. And she's right. And I do like the bit in the car. Also, I love her car.
1: Yeah. Oh, her car's great. Evan is invited over for gluten-free apple pie and goes. Mm-hmm. And Zoe uses this as the opportunity. So they have this weird like moment of like classism where she's like, oh, well... Your mum clearly doesn't know what it's like to be, you know, oh, yeah. rich. And... There's
0: some weird joke about... Oh, it's she talks about here how her mum never sticks with one thing for too long, which then comes up later as, like, she couldn't keep Connor yeah. in one programme for long enough. And she says, I guess that's what happens when you're a rich housewife and you just get to sit around at home all day. Yeah. You go a bit crazy. And Evan says, well, my mum says it's better to be rich than it is to be poor. Zoe so says... Guess you've never been rich then. And Evan's like, sounds like you've never been poor.
1: Yeah. Evan goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And she goes, no, I I like it when you're mean. Like, you should do it more often. And then they start the flirting.
0: Mm.
1: And specifically, (laughs) Zoe is struggling I'm wondering why Connor includes her name in his suicide note.
0: Yeah, the bit that is written about Zoe in the note. Mix. Obviously, we know that Evan wrote it. It's like, Zoe, my shining light. She doesn't know me, and I don't really know her. But I feel like if we could talk, everything would be good in the world. And obviously, she's reading that from her brother's perspective. Like
1: I could have saved his life. I was the I was the reason. Right. He, yeah.
0: <laughs> and especially just the the whole like. Yeah, we weren't close, but I thought he knew me.
1: Yeah, and then Evan decides to... uh,
0: Sing a little song.
1: If I could tell her, Uh -uh. all of the reasons that Evan loves Zoe, but from Connor's perspective, which is really creepy, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: for multiple reasons. This is Evan's stalker song, but also Evan being like, voicing the brother being like, it's those little things you do. Like the way you get lost in a dance like... No one's watching, and the way you close your eyes, and there's just a secret when you're playing the bass, and it's all very, very creepy. Yeah,
0: so he says there's nothing like your smile, which is subtle and perfect and real. You never knew how wonderful that smile can make someone feel. I feel like if my brother said that to me, I'd be like, Alright, creep. Yeah. <laughs> Chill out. Um, we've got normal things that her brother should have noticed.
1: Like Probably the, drawing the stars on the cuffs. Stars
0: on your jeans, quizzes in magazines, stuff like that. But then things like, um... oh, so they cut this, this one weird line. So he says about the indigo streaks in her hair, except in the stage show version, it's, he thought you looked pre- really pretty. Oh, it looked pretty cool when yeah. you put indigo streaks in your hair. And then like... The thing about the dance, obviously, but all of these things she should be able to pick apart. Yeah, like if he'd have been in rehab when she had blue. Well, hair. this is it.
1: This is what I was thinking about this whole sequence: is she's gonna get him because she's gonna he's gonna say something. Mm-hmm. You what dance? This dance? He wasn't around for this dance. He didn't go to dances. But it's almost like as well, she's wanting to believe it that she's just not listening to reason. She just wants to believe. Mm-hmm. she joins in with the song and at the end we get yeah, this
0: her part's really sad too yeah. she starts to join in towards the end of the song and her parts are underneath his lines so you actually have to properly listen to hear what she's saying but it's basically like her saying he see she says he seems so far away it's like i don't know anything and it's her unlearning all of the horrible things that she was thinking about him which she probably would have done anyway as she got further along in her grieving process but he's rewriting who he was Yeah. and also the last four lines of this song are I love you and then in the stage show he
1: kisses her so they go to kiss here, and they stop because in walk the parents (laughs) yeah it's difficult to root for somebody when you know that
0: They're lying to get in someone's pants?
1: I wouldn't say he's lying to get in her pants. I wouldn't say he has that kind of confidence in himself to do it.
0: Whatever. He's a teenage boy. What do you think he's after? He's not in love with her. He's sexually attracted
1: to her. No, I know. But like in the same way, I think he's doing all of this because he's just caught up in the lie and he's just like... I don't think he's doing it with the intent purpose of hurting people. I don't think he's doing it with the intent purpose of his own benefit. At least this version of Evan Hansen.
0: He absolutely is doing this for his own benefit. This song in particular, not maybe not the whole thing, but this one song, every single thing he said are things that he has noticed about her yeah. while stalking her.
1: Oh yeah, I know that, but I don't this think... This is
0: entirely for his own benefit. He's not doing it to make her feel better. And if he thinks that he is, this is the most warped way he could have done it. That's what it.
1: I mean. Is, it is I think he's doing because he thinks it's going to make her feel better. It's not. It's the wrong thing to do. But I think he's just like, oh, well, my lies made her mum feel better. So maybe I can make her feel better doing the same thing. He's still an awful human being, but I don't think he's doing it thinking. I don't think he believes in himself enough to think he stands a chance with her anyway, because of how shocked he is when she comes over Mm. And goes up to him. He's shocked by it. He doesn't actually think it was ever something that could happen. I don't think he believes he has. Maybe
0: I would feel better about it if they looked like they were the same age.
1: They are only three years apart.
0: I know, but she looks like a child.
1: Yeah. but
0: And they did. I don't know what it is with the makeup. He looks like he's wearing a lot of foundation anyway. But. If they looked the same age, I probably wouldn't have a problem with this. But then, at, at all. the
1: same time, I was reading that he was maybe two or three years older than her anyway. Like I thought she was like.
0: Yeah, but in which case he's a senior. Which oh yeah, it's 18, all it's all
1: really weird and it's all. And awful, she would but... be what
0: if she was a freshman? She'd be fourteen. Well, I didn't
1: think she's a freshman. I thought she was like two years removed or like a year or two. Even then, like...
0: that's a year thirteen dating a year eleven or a year ten. Yeah, that's weird.
1: But I guess it's not as weird when you're in the American system where you're in the same school, as opposed to where do you hang out.
0: It's still weird. Yeah.
1: So at this point, we get to know Alana a little bit more. Mm. And she's trying to plan this memorial for Connor, she wants Evan to talk, but he's not willing to talk in front of the whole memorial service. But he does take one of her bracelets.
0: Yeah, they're like those charity yeah. bands that you get.
1: And is this where she pitches... Is the, this is where she pitches the Connor project. And he's not interested in it. He's thinking, well, why? What right do you have to to capitalise on this at all?
0: Mm. And this is when
1: Alana mentions via the song The Anonymous Ones that she also has mental health problems. and
0: I really liked this song. Yeah. I like this addition. I like I really like the change that it's Alana who comes up with the Connor project. And this song was really cute. Yeah. The actress who plays Alana who I have seen in many things but particularly liked in here her name is Amanda Stenberg. Mm-hmm. She was in, well, she's Rue from The Hunger Games.
1: Oh, so she is. Yeah,
0: but she was in The Darkest Minds, which I really enjoyed. And then The Hate You Give, she was phenomenal in that. She's also very well known for her LGBTQ plus activism.
1: She was really good. And this song doesn't feel like a new addition. Like, I thought this was part of the plot anyway.
0: This is the only one that I knew was a new song.
1: Yeah, it feels part of it though and it certainly works to show Evan a little bit of like stop going around being this martyr. You really don't know anything. You're going around thinking like you're the only one who's suffering. You're not. And you need to be mindful of other people. Which is difficult when you are feeling this way. But The problem with Evan has always been, it's Evan, Evan, Evan.
0: The only negative thing I have to say about the song is that this is where I suddenly noticed that all of the songs are really repetitive. Like Every single song in this finishes with the character who's singing it singing the same line about four times. And here I was like, okay, I get it they're heavy to carry and invisible like, okay, you've said it about six times now I understand yeah you've hammered your point home and it's a metaphor on its own I don't need to hear it six times to understand your point
1: yeah especially I've because that.
0: her whole performance in this song was very character driven she's not focusing on the singing part she's focusing on the acting that's coming across through it yeah. which was which is the complete correct way to do that. Like, it was very, very nicely done.
1: Yeah. But I was like,
0: oh my God, please don't say that sentence again.
1: I think a lot of these songs are anticlimactic because it does just get to the point where they repeat themselves and go over the same points. It's like, come on, let's move on. Mm -hmm. One of the things I like about this sequence is the fact we go back to the opening and we see high school through her eyes and we see there's the element of psyching up like the secret things that if you're really looking you'd notice but to a casual outsider
0: mm-hmm.
1: you wouldn't notice
0: yeah it's nicely done
1: but this is it so she says what she's on to evan you know what tablets she's on he says to her but it does take a lot more time for him to accept that she also is struggling because she's always so perfect and yeah. her response is just like yeah but it's it's hard work he's
0: like oh but you don't look depressed and she's like oh wow i'm cured
1: yeah it's one of those things as somebody who struggles and has their own history with depression and anxiety it makes me very very angry at evan because it's like
0: dude you should know this yeah and also your therapist should be telling you this
1: yeah this is it you should be aware that other people struggle with this Mm -hmm. and other people cope in different ways I feel like I mask it quite well when I'm really struggling. That, you know, very similar to Alana, that you wouldn't know unless you really knew me and you saw things. But this is it. It just It's one of those points, I think, that is important here, is no matter what you're going through, you're never alone because other people are going through the same things.
0: Hmm. Otherwise therapy wouldn't exist.
1: Exactly. And that's where Evan's got it wrong. So...
0: This is an addition, obviously. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: Alana's whole role in this version of Dear Evan Hansen is completely enhanced. And actually, they've taken some stuff away from Jared. But the reason why Evan comes up with the Connor project in the stage show is because after he kisses Zoe, she kicks him out and says she never wants to talk to him again. Okay. And he needs an excuse to talk to her again. So
1: it does become more selfish. Yeah. Which Which I think is a a very deliberate change in the film.
0: Hmm. But it's like... It's like Evan, the real Evan, is the one in the stage show. And then for his <laughs> college entrance essay, he wrote this film. This and is, he got rid of all of the parts that make him look
1: bad. This is certainly like Ben Platt and other people pulling Andrew Lloyd Webber and adjusting the narrative a little bit. To, yeah. Because Evan Hansen... As a story has become divisive that there's a lot of people that really don't like. And we'll get to our Twitter and Instagram comments in a bit. Mm. And I feel like this is them trying to make Evan seem much more likeable than he actually is. Because it's almost like he's forced into these choices as opposed to calculating.
0: Yeah. Anyway, they pitched the idea...
1: Yeah, he pitches the idea to the Murphys
0: mm-hmm. and they're
1: all on board with the idea of this great memorial.
0: Including Zoe. Yep, yeah. Who is now starting to crush on Evan. Yes. Based on the side eye we were getting here.
1: Oh, yeah. And then we have the... Oh, there's a there's a great side eye, which we didn't mention, but during the... Uh,
0: oh, my God. Four forget... Talk about the girls. We wish would notice us, but yeah, never Jim do. Both... And, he and like the side eye, at her, like, yeah.
1: Me. Cynthia takes Evan upstairs into Connor's bedroom and he starts to see that there's a guitar. He sees the holes in the wall from the anger management and is gifted a tie. Oh,
0: this is so sad.
1: Yeah, it was a tie that Cynthia got in seventh grade around bar mitzvah season,
0: mm-hmm.
1: thinking he'll have all these events. They went to the shops together. He was delighted to choose this tie, never got to wear it because he was never invited. And none of the kids made an opportunity to get to know him. And she wants Evan to wear it because it seems only fitting.
0: Mm.
1: Evan tries to protest, but Cynthia puts, puts it on the anyway. on him.
0: He does not want to talk at this event.
1: But he's going to talk at the event. And he kicks off the memorial. Mm-hmm. And he retells Yorkshire's story and has... A panic attack loses all the cards, and the mic falls out, and he just breaks down in the center of the stage. Now, the thing I really don't like about this, you have the kids laughing, getting ready to film, but you also have adults filming. Yep, nope. I don't like that, and I feel like there would be teachers or someone else nearby that would stop this.
0: Yeah, because the- there were a couple of people who I was like, "Are you supposed to be one of the school kids?"
1: There's school kids, but there's also like a few rows behind Cynthia and behind the Murphys was an older woman with her phone in her hands.
0: I think when they when they shot this scene, they just pointed at people randomly in the extras yeah. and were like, get your phone out, get your phone out.
1: I don't like that. I think...
0: Yeah, there's no reason why adults should be doing that. There's no reason why... A, yeah, service. there's
1: no reason. And the fact that the teachers... The, the, the failings of this school are massive, mm-hmm. but especially here where like... They're just allowing random adults in the audience to laugh at this boy who's remembering his best friend. Yeah. It's awful. Mm -hmm. It really it made me angry and I was like, that's just not necessary. Yeah. It doesn't add anything to the plot here. I know that as we're going into you will be found they film this. But the fact that we cut to some screens, like as Evan is singing, and some of the screens show that the people have been recording for like a minute and a half there was one screen that showed oh she's been recording six seconds at this point and evan's been singing for a minute Mm -hmm. we can just get their phones out and the adults can get their phones out to record this powerful moment when evan's empowered but we don't need to see adults filming up boys having a panic attack that just feels really really irresponsible and gross Mm.
0: throughout this song evan starts to go viral for what he's been saying in this speech which, which is obviously the... is not the same as the song that we're hearing because yes. musicals, but one of my favorite things in this whole film, and again, this falls into my wonderful category of how old is the person who wrote this compared to how old the characters are supposed to be is that on a YouTube video that somebody put up, it says his best friend died dot 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 what he did next will amaze you, yeah, which Oh, that's so gross.
1: And it's such an old, like, reference as well. So, yeah,
0: it's, I mean, it's a clickbaity thing, but it's not yeah. even a YouTube clickbait thing. It's a That's like a article clickbait. Yeah. It was just such a weird choice, and I love it.
1: It was a very weird choice. I like seeing the whole blowing up of him going viral. My biggest issue is the fact that this song is just the one from the greatest showman when the sharpest words going to cut me down yeah it's exactly the same it's song. that song and i just started laughing but arguably so when i said that we have another song that's it's not upbeat in the same way this is the only other song that doesn't feel all doom and gloom mm. and I, I liked this song even if it is too great showman for me when we have all the different like youtubers vloggers all like thank you evan hansen thank you for sharing this My personal favourite is the girl who goes, oh my
0: God. Yeah. And then that's it. We never see her again. There were some
1: weird ones. It was nice. It was a really nice heartfelt moment as people are like, I needed to hear this. That's the jock. The
0: horrible jock who made that joke at the beginning is the one who was like, I knew someone who really needed to hear this today. And then we cut to him in his car crying, which is really sad, obviously. And he has his own problems. But then we never see this character again.
1: Yeah. But I liked it. And I... What I could have done with that was the weird, like, everything going together and panning out oh to be, God. like, a picture of Connor. It's the
0: most beautiful was... editing oh, ever.
1: It was great. I love it when pictures get but It was just so weird that it was a picture of Connor. But
0: it's I just a nice that.
1: song. It's a nice number. Mm. I just it's...
0: love that because you could, Facebook could make that for you.
1: Yeah. And this is the end of Act One, I would assume. Yes. It's a good end of Act One.
0: Mm-hmm. So Alana's fundraising idea for the Connor Project is that they will raise $100,000. Is that right? Three zeros is a thousand. $100,000 to reopen the Apple Orchard as the Connor Murphy Memorial Orchard.
1: And they're all on board with this. They've heard about it. They're like, "Yep, if you can do this, great. Yep. And we have a scene with Evan and Larry and Larry's like, it's a baseball Signed by the 1996 All-Star team. You've got three Hall of Famers on there. That could probably fetch a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. We open up a little bit about... He was horrified at the idea of being a dad. You know, when he met Larry, when he met Connor. Connor for the first time, Connor's pulling at his arm to go play baseball. And then a few years ago, to try and reconnect, he bought this baseball mitt, and Connor wanted nothing to do with it. That's why it still feels great.
0: Yeah, there's a song here in the stage show. It's called To Break In A Glove. Yeah. And you know the joke about, like... The, the man song, like the older man song in a musical that everybody skips. Yeah. It's that. But the baseball with all the names on it really confused me. Yeah. Because we never see that again after Evan sends a picture of it to his own dad.
1: Yeah, because he's supposed to be selling it, but he's using but it. I didn't see that. No, well, we can assume because of how much money the Kickstarter's raised.
0: Yeah.
1: They have this conversation and... Again, Evan lies and says, No, he loved you, you were a great dad. Creates a brand new history for Connor. Yeah.
0: Then, then lies again yeah. and says, Oh, yeah, my dad's really proud of me. But,
1: yeah, because Larry says, I bet your dad's really. I... Evan is just this psychological liar. Like, Evan is, much... just, Evan is just this pathological liar. But how
0: much better would it have been for him if he'd have said, actually, my dad doesn't speak to me? Because Larry would have been like, oh, I'll adopt you.
1: Yeah. Right. It's a weird lie. In the same way that you've said to me, it's like one of the first things we hear from him is is the fact that he can't order a pizza on the phone because in case he has to talk to a pizza delivery guy at the door. So Mm -hmm. why would he be going to a school dance? I don't think he went to the school dance.
0: All of this stuff is imaginary. He
1: saw it on Instagram, but he's created this false history for him. Because it's just like people find me more interesting or this is how I view the world. We then have that weird text where he tries to message his dad. We see that he's reached out a, you know so many times and his dad won't return. That goes nowhere. We never come back to it. It's a very weird reference to have and it goes nowhere. He starts to neglect his mother. There's a scene earlier on during what would have been Act 1 where mum says, oh, I heard about this boy who died. And Evan's like, yeah, I didn't know him. But why is his name on your cast? It's oh, in well, it's in Remembrance. It's in Remembrance. And then mum says, I saw this video of you. You said you didn't know this boy. And his lies, mum knows he's lying and like starts. And she's like, but.
0: This conversation was really weird because this is the point at which I was like. As Evan's response to mum being like, you said you didn't know him. Evan says, yeah, that was all a lie. And I was like, oh, he's going to come clean to his mum, so then later when they go to dinner at the Murphy's his mum will know that he's lied about all the stuff with Connor. But no, he's like, oh no, I lied about not knowing him, because you're never here, so you don't know anything about me anyway.
1: Yeah, and he's trying to pass it off like she's the one to blame.
0: Yeah, But
1: she mentions the fact that like, oh, but in your story you say about this orchard, but your boss was the one who took you to the hospital. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And again, he's like, And she goes, and it was a different orchard. He's like, no, no, you don't listen, Mum. You don't listen, Mum. So it is more of this weird narrative that he comes up with. But yeah, he's now uh, neglecting therapy um, so that uh, he can spend more time with the Murphys. And same way, he is neglecting the Connor project. He introduces it and he loses interest with it because he wants to be with the Murphys, the second family that basically pay him attention. They yeah, like there's this...
0: time and money to pay him. An yeah, answer. they
1: like this version of him that he's created. And then one evening he, he's home alone and Zoe comes over and she's, you know, he's talking about, oh, I'm really sorry that the Connor project's not really doing much. I, I will get back into it. I promise we'll make it work. And she says, why, why do you think we only really ever have to talk about my brother?
0: Mm.
1: I would like to talk about us. I'd like to have a day where, you know, just time we don't talk about my brother anymore. Let's, let's talk about ourselves. And admits that she's having feelings for him during Only Us. Mm-hmm. And we they... get
0: a lovely little montage of them dating, going to the...
1: Going to dances together. Going Based on...
0: on when this is. Yeah, roller like coasters.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't know the specific... passing get... of
0: time in this is very Also, funny. I wasn't
1: sure how much of this was in Evan's head. Like, how much of this is him creating memories.
0: Mm. I do like the dress she wears, though.
1: Oh, Yeah. We get this montage, which is a really beautiful montage, but it culminates with them on a date and then they come back in to dinner at the Murphy's and Evan is shocked to see his mother there as well. Mm -hmm. She's playing hooky from work. To meet this family that are very important. She's a little bit disappointed and angry at Evan already because it's like, you've not told me all of this. Why don't I know this?
0: Well, because we've also previously seen one clip where Evan was out on a date with Zoe and Texas his mum and said he was at Jared's. Yes. And oh like, sorry, we'll have to postpone Taco Tuesday to next
1: week. Yeah, no Lego movie for them this week.
0: Yeah, and mum's like, oh, but I thought that was going to come back to bite him too, because she's friends with Jared's mum. But
1: she does reference it here where she says... So this is where you've been spending your time. But why did I get why the idea? Why did I
0: think you were at Jared's yeah. and we're like, because he told you that. And
1: she's doing her best to call him out without
0: In specifically that, like,
1: saying, like, perfect mum lied. way that they yeah. do. And you get the sense that she's seeing through this whole facade and she's not enjoying this and she just wants to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Because Cynthia's a little bit pretentious as well. You know, the whole, mm. we buy our wine from this ecological, self-preserving tree system. And you're just like okay, weird. That's
0: a weird thing to bring up. Yeah, especially because they offered Heidi a glass of wine, and she was like, "No, I'm good, thanks." And then they started bragging about the wine. Yeah. That was like a weird way around to do it.
1: And then they offer to give Evan a scholarship. All the, well, not a scholarship. It was all Connor's trust fund? Connor's trust fund because. Zoe has told them about all the essays that he's writing to try and get himself a scholarship. And mum's response is, no, absolutely not. And I was so I was so angry. I was like, I hope Evan doesn't get away with this. He doesn't deserve this because that's just, this is getting too far now. Mm. Like, he's dating Zoe under these awful false pretenses. He's benefiting massively. Like, his Instagram followers have gone through the roof. Mm-hmm. People are noticing him. He's He's got this great life and he doesn't deserve any of it. And I'm getting really angry at Evan for having all these things that he just doesn't deserve. And now to cap it off, this guy who died, who killed himself because of what Evan did, whether Evan meant to or not. Evan printing off his therapy note and not being more safe with it and not thinking ahead caused... Connor's breakdown. Connor's yeah. breakdown. I'm not saying that he did it maliciously. Obviously not. But he, Evan is responsible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's now going to get the money to go to college. Yeah. And I'm so glad that his mum said no. And said no. It goes against everything. I, as a parent, have tried to instil in my son that we work hard for things. We appreciate the offer, but no. So,
0: at this point in the show... This is all supposed to converge into my favourite song. And I felt the absence of this so hard in this version. Because all of those feelings you've just said about, that's how you're supposed to feel at this point. Yeah,
1: which is good. I'm glad that I'm getting the right response.
0: Right. So his mum has this reaction. She blows up. Then... it's basically just like boom 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 so mum has this reaction then alana rings him and is like you're lying about being connor's friend i've looked through your emails the dates are wrong you've made all of this stuff up you're a liar and then jared rings him and is like i can't keep lying about this anymore alana has just been talking to me about how you're making all this stuff up i'm not gonna lie and evan's like well if you tell the truth, you're going to get in trouble as well. You're also going to not get into university because you helped write fake emails from a dead kid. And Jared's like, screw you essentially. And then they sing good for you, which is this huge angry song that his mum, Jared and Alana sing about how he's using all of them. And Hey, you got what you wanted though. Didn't you, you get to get the girl and the rich family and go off to college Good for you, Evan. Leave us all here in the mud while you get to do whatever you want. And it's such a good song. But Ben Platt doesn't sing in it, so obviously it's not in this movie.
1: Well, also, Jared's not important enough to care about, really. Mm. Like, we've not had enough, so that instantly doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah. But that, it would be the It really winds thing me up is.
0: because... That's the emotion you're supposed to have at this point. You're supposed to be angry and frustrated with him. I am
1: so angry and frustrated at him. I, I will completely vouch for that. Mm. So I, I, I am a little bit happy when this happens because Alana begins to doubt Evan's friendship with Connor. She's been reading through the emails and say, you know, notice that the date is wrong, that, you know, the castles was on in September. It was a fresh injury in September. So why did it happen in June? Evan responds to these allegations by sending the suicide note
0: Ah, so this is another one where they they built their own plot hole yeah this should have been an over the internet conversation yes evan is at his house alana is at her house the only way he can give her evidence is to email her the note
1: well he does email her the yeah but
0: they sat next to each other yeah he could have shown it to her on his phone oh yeah i get it yeah like that's dumb that's just it is but it
1: is but again this is this is what my nan used to say it's oh what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive he's lost control of his lies because how many of them have gone without a hitch Mm. at this point whether he means to or not he's a little bit invincible he just doesn't think about the repercussions at this point because he's got this far it's it's like hubris it's like pride comes before the fall
0: yeah well that's like every story ever isn't it exactly
1: you're right all human stories if evan humans. was but then if we use the argument if evan was thinking <laughs> then none evan of this, is
0: not capable of rational. None,
1: exactly none of this narrative ever happens so for me it's not a plot hole it's mm. just evan doing what evan's been doing the whole film but it finally backfires on him yeah so yes he emails this note and he says you cannot put this anywhere only me the murphys and the police have seen this Mm. this is private because this is his suicide note but this is your proof that we were best friends which is the the worst lie at this point he's done Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: he's doing it for his own benefit this
0: is also the first time that he claims the note to be connor's because until then he just hasn't refuted it yeah it's not been a straight lie
1: but he's it, it only doing it to keep himself out of trouble and it's the most selfish one he does. Everything else you could argue mm-hmm. is the wrong thing, but it's kind.
0: So obviously Alana posts it everywhere on the internet.
1: Yes, because the Connor Project is two days away from its final like fundraising goal, fundraising goal and it's not going to meet it. Which means they won't get any of the money.
0: You know in the stage show they're only using 50000
1: <laughs> Inflation <laughs> since 2015. I guess. Yes, so we get the Anonymous One's reprise and we... The what? The Anonymous One's reprise. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. She's like, I don't remember that song. Yeah, it was new for this film.
1: And Evan gets a notification and he sees that the note's been put online and then you see the fallout of everyone else getting that beep. Oh, I meant to mention during um, You Will Be Found... Larry breaks down in tears for the first time, and it's been a criticism of Cynthia's that, like...
0: Oh, he hasn't cried. He hasn't
1: cried. Yeah. And this is like, he was my son. So at this point, when everyone starts to realise, and we see the impact on the Murphys, and Cynthia's like, yeah, well, you were just his stepfather.
0: Yeah, because he wasn't yours. It's like, hey, come I... uh Zoe's on the dad's side. Yeah. She's like, that's not fair. Yeah,
1: and it, it's painful at this point because the Murphys... The Murphys are the ones who are targeted because everyone starts commenting to online going, yeah, why didn't the parents they, notice? Yeah, they
0: basically get uh, doxxed because yeah. people are calling Zoe and telling her to enjoy her miserable life. And um, they're getting all these comments saying like, well, it starts off I would, with... Yeah, like
1: things like, oh, you know, you're lucky your son didn't do it sooner. If I was your son, I'd have done it sooner.
0: Yeah. And then but then they also start to get things like, oh, so this rich family are asking for money now. Like they don't need this money.
1: Yeah, if they're rich, they could. Pay. And it is really, really nasty. And this is so. So, Alana deletes the letter from social media, but it's too late, which we discussed in part one of this appropriately. <laughs> Hilariously, you know, once it's on, it's on, mm-hmm. and we see the impact it's having on this family, who had been have actually been remarkably close to all of this. They are now disintegrating, mm-hmm. and. This is when we have words fail because Evan comes clean. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Zoe, Zoe runs off heartbroken, obviously. I really like that Larry follows because they were quite splintered at the start as well. Mm-hmm. I like that Larry goes off after and Cynthia just says, you should probably leave. And, and she
0: smiles at him too.
1: But this is the first time we see her really cry. We've not seen her sob or break down as a result of Connor's death. Mm-hmm. Because she has hope. She has hope that his, his last days weren't all bad. There was some niceness attached to it. Mm-hmm. This is where we've obviously also got the whole, you know, if he just stuck to a program, he would still be here. And this is a bit where we see her sob. And, yeah. They decide to keep the truth hidden out of respect for Connor's memory because obviously so much has happened, which is great. You know his memory will be a a positive one. They will take this, like they will take this period of time in you know the the limelight, getting this negativity because it also protects Evan because he made a mistake. His whole future shouldn't be unwritten because of that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But obviously, Zoe and him break up, and we see him really at rock bottom now the lowest he's been suffering in school and this is where we learn he goes back to the tree and this is where we learn it wasn't a case of falling he let go yeah and we get a really lovely scene with his mum well it is a lovely scene with one notable exception really lovely scene where his mum i was really scared she comes into a, a dark home and she's shouting his name and there's no response. I was like, "Oh God, what's she gonna find? What's she gonna find?" Mm-hmm. And she walks into his room, and he's just there sobbing. And he opens up, and he's like, "You're gonna hate me. I'm the worst. And just you're so you'd be so disappointed in me." And he he tells her that during the summer, I I let go. Do you hate me now? And it is really powerful, and it is like he's finally coming to terms, and he's finally seeing the world for what it is. He's not living in his lies anymore. And he's reached that moment of, like, clear thinking. And he knows that all of this has been a downward spiral. Mm -hmm. It's been this cry for help. And it sucks that all these other people have got hurt because of it. But he now needs to be honest to be better.
0: Yeah. And then Julian Moore says the word truck, like, a hundred times.
1: Yes. I liked this song. So big, so small. And actually, God, as a kid, as, as a child of divorce, like one day a parents there, the next day they're not. But the way she tells this story that one, you know, they tried to keep him removed from the situation and a truck comes and he plays in the truck, but then truck goes and dad goes. And the fact that he was like, it's a truck coming again to take you away. That is how a child would see it. Mm. And that's a really heartbreaking idea, the fact that he was so scared he'd lose his mum. And like mum is, is like, I should have done more to be there for you. I assumed that everything was working out for you because I heard therapy and I thought that was the magic answer and it wasn't. And I failed you as well. But there's nothing you could ever do that would stop me from loving you because you'll always be my little boy and I have to protect you.
0: And then what happens, Danny? And then they kiss. (laughs) And then they kiss. But uh, it's so... The entire front row of the cinema that we were
1: in all went, huh? And we all started laughing (laughs) because this isn't... It's... They go to kiss on the cheek, but it looks like... Well,
0: they don't even go for that. They go for a hug, but their faces get really close together. So she kisses him on the cheek, but it's the part of the cheek that attaches to your mouth.
1: And it looks like they've gone for a full-on mouth kiss.
0: Yeah, and how many... You can take as many takes as you (laughs) want. It's a movie.
1: They said this to you in the cinema. I was like, that was their best take? (laughs) That
0: was the best take that they went with. Unless they were directed to do that, in which case,
1: dear God, why? Well, this is it. It's... It's obviously not a romantic scene. I think it speaks volumes that we're not used to seeing that kind of parent-child interaction. And if that is quite a healthy expression of familial love for some households. It's not for me. And I don't know anyone that embraces their parents in that way. But it just came across weird. We don't see that sort of thing. It's more, it's
0: another one of those for me, as I said earlier, that like when you see Ben Platt next to the older actors, he looks older. Yeah. But then when you put him just with the kids, he looks a little bit more youthful, not extremely. So he looked like he was an appropriate playing age to act opposite her. So when they went to like embrace, I was like, oh, my brain was like, oh, yeah, this is normal. Oh, no, wait, wait,
1: no. No no. Which is a real credit to how great Julianne Moore looks considering Oh, she's amazing. She has 33 years on Ben Platt. Mhm. And she's great. I I I I like her in everything I've ever seen her in. I think she's a really good performer. I especially like her in Jurassic Park 2.
0: Who's she in Jurassic Park 2?
1: She is uh, Sarah Harding. She's uh, Jeff Goldblum's girlfriend.
0: Hmm.
1: So that's the new canon. She's that same character in this.
0: Who is she in the Hunger Games?
1: She's the one who's trying to take down...
0: Oh, she's Coin. yeah. Yeah. That's cool.
1: So, we're now in the endgame.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Evan wants to take responsibility. And i tell you what, I'm. Kid, hurry up. Yeah. Like, I'm proud of him for like, do you know what? Social anxiety, whatever. I need, I need to come clean. I need to be the one to be honest. Because no one else is going to tell the truth on his behalf. And I'm glad he has to face up. We never see. Now, this is the one thing I don't like. There's never any repercussions for him it doesn't seem like his life goes down people don't look at him people look at him and he's back to being what he was like his status quo is the same if yeah he posts a video confessing the truth he looks through an old yearbook and he finds a list of connor's favorite books and he starts <laughs> reading them
0: much to my enjoyment
1: i there's one book i really love on that list which is
0: there's a book I really love on that list well, as well. What book is the
1: one you really love?
0: Persepolis.
1: Oh, I want to read that though.
0: It's really yeah. good.
1: For me, it's Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime,
0: which I thought was normal reading for kids, but I guess it's not in America. Yeah. But yeah, also on that list is Ready Player One, which I was like, yeah. oh, I'm sure that Evan, the homophobe, really enjoyed this super transphobic, fatphobic novel. I wonder how much he enjoyed reading that one because it's the original cover too. It's I mean, not even like the movie version. This is the
1: thing: is Ready Player One. I like the film, but I know he's got he's getting a bad rep in the same way as people who dress as the Joker and Rick Sanchez at Comic Cons get, you know. And what well, was
0: more of an issue of their treatment of their female characters? Well, it,
1: exactly, and it's it's like again one of those that has very much become part of that movement, which.
0: Welcome to the incel basement.
1: You know, he also aspires to get in touch with people who knew Connor because he wants and I like this is the fact that Evan recognizes he's done wrong and he wants to know the real Connor where possible and kind of right that wrong in a way he can. And He gets a video from someone who was in treatment of Connor performing music whilst in rehab. Now, at first, during this whole sequence, we've got a little closer. Mm -hmm. as a song playing and I thought oh this is very very weird it's like in everybody's song about Jamie where we've got music playing over the top huh that's a really weird convention why is that returned here this is the payoff I wanted though and this is such a great moment everyone gets a USB they plug it in and they see that this is Connor playing this song and it's Connor singing this song Mm -hmm. and it's a really beautiful moment where people watch it and recognize it and you see the Murphy sat watching it, and you just see them all sat. And Larry has Cynthia's hand on his on his leg, and he holds her hand. And you just get this really sense of this beautiful family moment where it's like they are seeing the first real moment of their son or, or brother. Mm. And we see Alana it's all get because it. because of Jack.
0: Evan. How beautiful. Well. It, I... Do you want to hear what Ben Platt had to say about this ending? Because this isn't how the show ends. No. He said, you get an extended third act in which we get to see a little bit more of Evan's repentance and redemption. And the work he does subsequently to make amends and really get to know who Connor was to try and help the family heal. He's not like quite as off the hook as he is in the musical where you've been watching in a theatre for two and a half hours and you're kind of ready for it to just be wrapped up. (laughs)
1: I was ready for it to be wrapped up yeah but But like
0: in Ben Platt's opinion the reason why Evan gets away with everything at the end of the stage show is because otherwise we'd be bored yeah okay
1: I I wish we'd seen more for that I wish we'd seen something it just he gets it too easy and yes certainly does a nice thing but it doesn't excuse everything he's done Mm. But he finally does do a nice thing And we end with Evan meeting Zoe at the reopened orchard, which has been dedicated to Connor. Mm -hmm. And they have a little talk. I was like, oh, is this a date? Because she's very dressed up, considering what we've usually seen her in. Her dress is gorgeous in this. Her dress? Yeah, the dress that she's wearing at the orchard. Oh, sure. Yeah. And he asks why did you bring me here because it's not a date she's just like i wish this was the first day i'd met you and i like that they're not going to undo everything she's like we can't have this interaction we can't be friends we can't date because what you did was unforgivable Mm -hmm. but i wish this had been the first day i'd met you and he asks why did you bring me here just out of curiosity, she says, because I wanted to make sure you saw this because it really was his favourite place, the one place he loved.
0: Super interestingly, I don't know how much time is supposed to have passed, enough that it's now the memorial orchard. But they walked past this one little apple tree that was like completely dead and falling apart.
1: It's not going to have been long because its he's graduated. We've seen the graduation during the montage of A Little Closer. Mm. And he's now two weeks removed from starting. Because I thought she said two weeks.
0: She's two weeks removed from starting university. He's two weeks removed from nothing. Community college. Yeah, but he's not going to community college. He's taking a year
1: off. He said he was going to do community college. during in a year. The... Oh, okay. Yeah. But he then writes himself a final letter vowing not to hide, not to lie, and just to keep pushing forward in life. Yeah. And that's the end. He sings a little closer finale, which is a, you know.
0: Repetition.
1: Repetition. Do we need him to be using Connor's words, considering he's basically done that the whole way through? But it's
0: nice for him to be using Connor's words for once instead of Connor, fake Connor using his words. Exactly.
1: And that is the story of Dear Evan Hansen. What is your best song?
0: Sincerely me. It is.
1: It is. All the songs are done well, but it is the only song that I feel I would want to listen to again.
0: They're not done well. Every single song starts with somebody sitting down. Most of them take place, zoomed straight in on their faces. Nothing happens. I'm not talking. Or we cut away completely and... Random stuff happens in the background. I'm not
1: talking about what we see. I mean what we hear.
0: Yeah, they're performed very nicely. Yeah, that's they're what... just shot
1: really weirdly. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. is I, I, I'm not talking about you know criticising the songs. But they're not memorable. They're not exciting. They're not dynamic. If I'd sat through two hours in a theatre with one beam of light being Sincerely Me, I don't think that... I mean, I love lame is but there's more comedic relief songs. There's more upbeat songs in Les is There's only one song in here that's genuinely a bop. The rest of them are very doom and gloom.
0: Mm. This is the, the thing that I said before, like by losing Anybody Have a Map and Good For You, mm. you lose the two other songs that have any kind of upbeat. Like even the Good For You is the angry song. Yeah. It's an angry song that you could play and sing to you while you're doing housework like i'm not gonna put for forever on while i'm doing the washing up well
1: this is this is it as well you told me there's 19 songs on the actual musical soundtrack Mm -hmm. on the movie soundtrack there are 16 songs however
0: only 11 of them are the actual songs. yeah
1: you've then got pop versions you've got you'll be found with sam smith Mm -hmm. the anonymous ones by sza Only Us by Carrie Underwood, Dan and Shay. A Little Closer by Phineas and Waving Through a Window by Tori Kelly. That's five songs that are just pop versions of the other songs. There's only 11 out of the the 19 that have been kept. And of those 11, The Anonymous Ones is a brand new song. Mm -hmm. So 10 songs, half of the songs from the musical made it through. I I will say, yeah, my best song is Absolutely, Sincerely Me. Mm -hmm. It's the highlight of this. I enjoy You Will Be Found. I think it served its purpose really well. And it was a little bit different. Even if it was a little too great a showman, I enjoyed it. And I think Requiem is a good number. Yeah. Because it's
0: people other than Evan singing about their feelings. Yeah.
1: What would be... (laughs) I mean... In truth, the rest of them would be skip songs. I don't feel the need to listen to any of them.
0: I can tell you what my absolute skip song is.
1: So big, so small?
0: No, actually, it's Words Fail.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Words Fail and For Forever.
0: Here's my two two things that I didn't mention while we were talking about this whole thing. First one is while he sings Words Fail, in his little talky-sing introduction, he goes... "Hmm."
1: hmm, oh, yeah. and <laughs> it lo- really bothered me. And there's a lot of, like, sniffing and, like... it. it it's what? like, you,
0: you're you crying, we get it. I don't need to be able to hear the phlegm.
1: Yeah, it, it's the same issue we had with Grizzabella in the Cats movie and watch this space. But yeah. it's the same issue we had there. If I don't need to see Ben Platt's snotty nose. Yeah. Like, I get it, we're going for emotion, but that's just gross.
0: Mm-hmm. I can look in the mirror at
1: myself with a cold for that, you yeah.
0: know? The second one is right at the beginning when he sings for forever, he like signs what he's saying. So he he'll say he says, like, understands nobody else understands our joke. And he like waves his hand finger around his head like, oh, crazy, that kind of hand signal. And then he does, like, breeze, so he moves his hand in a breezy way. And it's only in that song that he does it. Weird. It's so weird. Anyway.
1: Did you say to me that words fail, they sing back to him in the musical?
0: Yes, but for some reason in this version they just talk.
1: Yeah, I think it's because they're replicating the four forever, because it's, like, bookending. Mm. They're, like, his first encounter with them and his last encounter with them, which, great. Like, for me, thematically, that works.
0: Yeah. But... I- My overwhelming takeaway from this, and I'm sure this isn't how it actually happened, but because of the songs that they've removed, it really does feel like Ben Platt was like, please, daddy, get rid of all of the songs that aren't mine. Only I get to be in the spotlight. You know, like, how else is this supposed to feel? You cut everybody else's songs except for one. There is literally one song that he's not in.
1: Yeah everything else he's a part of somehow yeah who's your mvp
0: colton ryan connor yeah just a really talented kid who made every single scene he was in interesting even if he was only in the background
1: i think amy adams does a fantastic job as his grieving mother i agree i really like amy adams and i'm used to seeing an seeing her in more light-hearted things like the Muppets or Enchanted, yeah, it's nice to see this grieving mother character from her. I really like Zoe. I think Caitlin uh, Dever mm. did a great job as Zoe because these moments where you feel the pain, and again, the grieving sister who's lost her identity but also is questioning is like, because this is his suicide note. Yeah. What could I have done differently? Because this is my fault. Because I was the one thing he had and he couldn't talk to me. And what did I do? And you feel that from her. And I think she did a really good job. Mm -hmm. Which role would you want to play?
0: I guess Zoe. I mean, I would want to play Heidi, provided that I don't have to be in the film version. If I could be in a stage show, I would want to be Evan's mum. Yeah. Because I want to sing good for you and anybody have a map and I could deal with so
1: big, so small. I wouldn't mind playing Evan Hansen. Obviously, I'm way too old, but I... (laughs) Yeah, not
0: by that much.
1: I don't know. He's... It's an interesting character to have your main character be the bad guy in their own story. Mm -hmm. And that is an interesting challenge. But I wonder how much of that is accidental like did people actually realize that when they made this and have they made changes to this film version because of all that like twitter and like review and online commentary on it Mm -hmm. i i quite like to play evan but at the same time connor would be I mean, this version of Connor has so little. And based on what you've told me on the stage show, that'd be quite interesting as well, mm-hmm. is to play that. But I'm going to base it on this version. I'm going to say Evan. And like I say, this has wet my appetite to see the, the, the main version of Dear Evan Hansen. Because I want to see what it's like with the story done the way it should be. So... Over to Twitter and to Instagram. On Instagram, 64% of people said, yes, they were a fan of Dear Evan Hansen, with 36% of people saying, no, they are not a fan of Dear Evan Hansen. Mm -hmm. Joseph Smith said i haven't seen the movie version yet for me dear evan hansen has a lot of great songs surrounded by a rather problematic plot i was sad to hear that they cut anyone have a map from the movie i think it's one of the best opening songs in the newer crop of musicals which something you agree with Mm -hmm. i imagine this movie will eventually end up as a new camp classic similar to cats and repo the genetic opera i think there's space for this i don't think it's that bad i think it's possibly one that it's like popular to hate on movie musicals right now and it's a very easy target in a aged out ben platt and a lot of people who maybe have buyer's remorse from a few from you know 2015 where dear evan Hansen was the best thing and as those people who've grown up over the past six years are like yeah no this isn't the musical we thought it was mm-hmm. so i can understand that uh, tara kabash Sent us a lovely essay. I have loved the music and stage show since way back when it came out. The songs get me every time. I understand that Evan is a deeply flawed character, but it kind of shows the reality of being human. Now, the film, I did enjoy it because I don't think it'd be possible for me to hate it, but there were definitely some big differences, good and bad. Bad. I was really sad that they cut anybody have a map. I think that song makes you understand how much the mums are really struggling, and it's an amazing female duet, so that was a shame. I agree. Yeah. Also despite the women being great actors and playing the parts well, I don't understand why they couldn't cast the ladies who originated the roles like they did with Ben Platt. Mm-hmm. I guess if you've made a big deal why why can't you cast others from the stage show especially because you're not going to age out of that role? Yeah although ben platt is a phenomenal actor i do think they should have cast one of the more recent broadway evans that look like high schoolers or should have cast the other children as older too so we could at least suspend our disbelief for all of them rather than feel like evan was way too old for zoe which is a very fair critique i've not touched on it but he does look a lot older at times mm-hmm. the good things despite the previous problems i had with it, i did love a lot of the casting and the songs they added i've loved colton ryan for years too and his casting as connor was perfect, honestly. The song they added for him was also really great and I immediately got the soundtrack after watching the film so I could hear it. Is that the final song that they add for him? What? The song they added for Connor.
0: Yeah, the song he sings.
1: That's added. Yeah. It feels like it should be part of that. Mm. The same thing goes to the song they added for Alana. I could relate to that song possibly more than I originally related to the songs from the stage show, which is really saying something. I love that it gave Alana more depth and more stakes in the whole thing. Generally, everyone I think was cast very well with the exception of The Age Gap and it still made me cry multiple times. I suggest bringing tissues to the cinema. I didn't cry.
0: <laughs> me either.
1: Um, this, I don't, I don't know no, why... Like,
0: if you are affected by this and you, it is something that you identify with, I can see why you would be upset and by I it. Think... And I think if I had seen this in 2015, I probably would have... Hmm been one of the kids that cried about it
1: and there's no shade on anyone who does cry i will be the first person to admit when i cry over things you know i think i think movies theater tv shows should move you the only thing that really got me goosebumpy was the dad was the bit where the dad started crying
0: i agree
1: that was the only bit that got me yeah. i wonder if it was more if i'm the if it's there in person would i cry more Mm. Because you're there watching real people. On Twitter, 28% of people said no, not a fan. 12% of people said it's okay. And 60% said yes, step into the sun. Mm-hmm. And we got some lovely responses, uh, which I'm just going to read a few of them now. Ray of. Not before coffee, so at need underscore three underscore mugs. Another one I haven't seen, but having read the reviews and spoken with people who saw it on stage, it's not one I'm going to be in a hurry to watch. Which is a fair point. I think that was my concern with it for the longest time as well. Mm -hmm. At Sham Zaman comic, I saw the trailer and thought life's too short to suffer. Fair enough. Trailers, I think, should try and sell it to you. And if you look at a trailer and think, nope, not for me. Mm Mm-hmm. There's plenty of films I've done that with, and the trailer for this wasn't great. At S-Y-I-M-S underscore podcast, at Sorry You're In My Seat podcast, says went in with no expectations, came out humming the sounds. Complete surprise. I came out humming some of the songs.
0: Yeah.
1: At Not Just Any Pod, I enjoy the musical, but oh boy, the movie was one of the first times I've ever contemplated walking out of the movie before it ended.
0: Mm.
1: have you ever done that Walked Walk out, out of a movie
0: yeah yes
1: what movie
0: I can't even remember I just know there was a sexual assault and I was like I'm not watching this fair enough but it was like really early on in the film it was like the character's motivation or whatever and I was like no I can't live
1: without that the only movie where I've watched and thought I'm not enjoying this I want to leave was Warhorse. I hadn't seen the stage show at that point yet and I just thought this is over sentimental yeah drivel i stuck oh, through it but
0: and i tried to get my mum to leave turner with me yes because that movie was horrible yep i never need to see that again
1: and then ethan from the best film ever podcast at Drengear Gardener says this the pure hatred i have for that musical is unreal i've never had such a 180 reaction to a musical after watching it The entire plot of Evan essentially causing Connor's suicide and then infiltrating someone's family during grieving and lying just because is so awful and the fact that Evan faces little to no consequences for the abuse he causes not only the family but his mum and people around him just makes me sick. I can't believe that they try and mask something so vile and abusive into a message about mental health. The music is so good and it's such a damn shame that after spending so long listening to the music that when I finally saw the musical about two years back I had such An awful experience witnessing one of the worst things a family can deal with from the source of their their grief. Mm -hmm. Sincerely, me is a bop though, and that is so true. It was everything I was worried about going into this because I knew all of that. Yeah, I was just thinking it's awful because they do try and paint this to be like one of the most important films and and musicals for a generation when we talk about this. Mm -hmm. but I feel like it does miss the point in the conversation on mental health because he does get away scot-free and it is difficult to watch him like benefit from a tragedy and I I agree completely with a lot of those points. Like He is a very unlikable character and I think that the marketing for this show got it completely wrong in doing it that way because I remember the first time you told me That's what you think Evan Hansen's about? Oh, no, it isn't. Mm. I gave the film three stars.
0: That's generous of you.
1: I enjoyed it. This is the thing is, I enjoyed it. I liked the ride. It is not without its flaws. And I think Ethan has said it far better than I can.
0: Mm.
1: But if this serves as an advert for the stage show.
0: Which it shouldn't. Like you said in our preamble, people who see this film aren't always going to be able to go and see the stage show. Yes.
1: No, and I agree. I think, So this
0: should stand on
1: its own. Yeah, it should stand on its own. And it stands on its own well. By the sounds of it, it's corrected a few mistakes from the stage show. But it's also removed some of the things that fans of the stage show would love.
0: Mm. And
1: that's not right. That's like having... It's weird. It really is like having lame is without One Day More.
0: I was going to say, it's like doing The Lion King and taking out I Just Can't Wait to Be King. Yeah. Like, so you've got nothing fun imagine, in the first
1: part. Imagine if we went to see Frozen and it didn't have In Summer.
0: Well, it would be, it didn't have In Summer and Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Yeah. Because that's the opener.
1: But you know what I mean? Like, imagine if it doesn't <laughs> Weird have Weird things songs. to lose. Yeah. I do want to see the stage show. Mm. I think you showing me the image of the set has really intrigued me. And I think watching the stage show, there'll be things that I like about it because like, oh, they did this better than film.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: like you say, like, for instance, Alana's character sounds like it's better here. And by the sounds of it, Evan is more palatable a character here than he is in the stage show.
0: But he shouldn't be.
1: No, he shouldn't be. But I think this is a case of they genuinely thought about the response and thought we have to change this character. Yeah. I, I I mean, what I'd really like is a is a Hannah Montana version of Dear Evan Hansen, where we get the best of both worlds. But I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Mm. So next week, we are going to be returning to some live theatre. Because we're going into London and we are going to see Little Women, the musical. Yay! Finally,
0: is... I've literally wanted to see this forever. As soon as I found out there was a Little Women musical... When I was like 10, I was like, oh my God, I need this. And I love all the songs and I love the whole thing. And
1: it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm I'm very excited to see this. I have no expectations. I saw the film with Emma Watson. Unfortunately, yeah. It's my first experience of Little Women as a property. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see how it translates. And it looks like it's a really nice, intimate staging. Yes very similar to the last five years and it's the same production team behind it so i'm very very excited to see that one me too and then we'll be watching some star kid yeah. in celebration of the thanksgiving week we're going to be going back to hatchet field for the second part of the hatchet trilogy we're going to be watching black friday
0: mm-hmm. fight to the death to see if we can get a wig doll. all
1: i'm very very excited for some more star kid our final star kid of the year and watch this space because we will be confirming our last five episodes of 2021 in the coming weeks but as always you can get yourself involved in the conversation over on twitter and instagram at it's a musical pod let us know your thoughts did we miss them up on dear evan Hansen the film is there anything that you want to correct us on or do you agree with what we've said? Get involved in the conversation. And you can head over to TikTok at its musical pod and follow our musical adventures where Drew puts together some excellent content on a regular basis for you to enjoy. You can subscribe to us on a multitude of great podcasting platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on the Amazon Music app under the podcast section. We're on Stitcher, we are on Good Pods, and we are on our OG hosts, Podbean. And if you like the show, why not head over to Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Good Pods and leave us a review and tell us what you like about the show. Until next week, where we come at you with little women. See you next week, the same bat place, same bat channel. Have a magical musical Monday.